Alter State Podcast. Kaboom! Ooh, that's right. That's what happens when you get a thousand downloads. I right, know, right? Popping bottles now. Feels good. That's right. Thank you, uh, dear listeners, for giving enough of a shit yeah. about us uh, for the last few months Listen to, to let us ramble. reach a thousand, yeah. man. I feel good. I feel good about myself. Me too, man. Yeah. It's, it feels good to be alive. And fortunately enough, we hit uh, a thousand listeners to get the champagne right at the same time that we hit episode 21. So it feels just all works out. Just so right. Nice. You That's know? right. Our podcast can drink, and so can we. Because, you know, we've been waiting. <laughs> totally. Clearly. Yeah. Yeah, that's the first drink I've had today. This is this is the first <laughs> drink I've had on the air. Yeah. And definitely the first drink I've had today. Absolutely. Not like I've been... Moving or hanging out at a diaper party or you know you weren't drinking at the diaper party no no I, I was I was only playing pinball at the silver ballroom today that's that's all I was doing nice so a little cheers to the podcast absolutely all right it's an altered state it's been a good run my friend mm. you're never gonna sell me but that's fun <laughs> not a champagne guy. Not really. I, I mean, I don't hate it, but yeah, I don't have a. I would never order it somewhere. Yeah, you know, I get it for celebrations and shit like that. Have a have a gl- have a glass, have a little, a little throw nip. back a little bit. And that's about it. Yeah, I have such a weird thing with champagne in that I I agree with you in logic that it's not extraordinarily tasty, and it definitely gives me headaches like a son of a bitch. Yeah. However, um, I love champagne. Really. I love it because I've only I only ever have it when I'm in a great fucking mood, like when something awesome's going on, so I'm celebrating, so I'm gonna have champagne, and then um, I also love it because it was the first thing I ever drank. No, no kidding. Yeah, like when I was a, the thing is like when I was a kid, and we would like go to weddings or New Year's Eve and stuff. My mom let me have a little champagne. <laughs> like it's not like she was getting me drunk, but it was like I right. didn't. I didn't have to have the sparkling cider. Like at ten years old, mom was like, "Yeah, have a sw- have a swig of my champagne." It's New Year's Eve. What's that? Uh, um, you know the Jimmy Fallon skit on uh, SNL when he would do the Boston thing, like you're retired. Oh, kind of yeah. And uh, what was his girlfriend's name? Uh, God, I don't. I don't real, I can't think of a real name. I'm trying to think. Rachel Dredd. Rachel Dredd. Thank you. Thank you. But she would do that. She did that thing um, talking about his mom. He's like, you know, his mom's an alcoholic. Like. Uh, her, uh, her breast milk with Bailey's Irish cream. <laughs> so when you said this the first time you had a drink, I'm like, look, your mom just serving you? So Yeah, no, uh, if we were at, like, uh, well, the big one was New Year's Eve, because, like, so New Year's Eve is the one that, that was my parents, like, that's their holiday. You know, like, every every couple kind of has their holiday. Sure. Me and Libby, it's 4th of July. That's my shit. For my parents, it was always New Year's Eve. So when I was a kid... For the vast majority of my early youth, it was like I spent, me and my sisters spent New Year's Eve staying over at my grandma's house. Because that was when my parents were tying one on. Like, that was when they got... They were having the party, right? Yeah, they got the overnight sitter. But by the time I was probably eight or nine, um, the party was always in the neighborhood. Like, my parents became, my parents and like six or seven of our neighbors all became super tight. Like, Gibson's dad was there, and then like... A handful of other people, so they always ended up making a block Eve. party. Yeah, yeah, they'd have like a block party. So like, they would all get drunk together, and you know, at that point, they're all shit faced, right? So it was like my mom, Gibson's dad, and they'd be like, 
yeah, just have a swig. Like, just fire a little right, back. Right. You know, like, they weren't saying, like, oh, here's the bottle, get, right. get hammered. Yeah. But they'd let us get a little nipper. They wanted you to fall asleep and stop bugging them. Right. Well, they, yeah. They, yeah, they'd let us get a little nipper. You know, it's kind of like how your dad would give you a, a swig right. of his beer from well, time like, to where time. where are you going to go? Or exactly. Right. right. It was that That was that the worst thing. thing it was like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's New Year's Eve. Have, you know, right. have this little swig of champagne. So, in my, in my heart, champagne just means a lot to I, me. I got you. I got you. Because it was all because like for me alcohol up until I was like fourteen when I first started drinking like of my own self which really makes me sound like a piece of shit. Um, but like fourteen was the first time I was actually before that it was like stealing swigs of mom's champagne yeah. or dad's bush and sure. I love Bush Bavarian yeah. now. Yeah. But at like ten years old champagne is infinitely better. Uh, while I'm thinking about write that down because dad's bush is a great podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, we originally talked. You know, we took a week off. Doing mm-hmm. you're doing some moving, yeah, which is man. great. Getting a new place, a new, yeah. a, a new place that I'm super stoked to get into and do a little recording in the future and shoot yeah. a little pool. Uh, last we bullshitted, we thought we were going to do a little MTV talking about some VJs, talking about some music uh-huh. videos, and then we saw Spider Man. Oh God damn it! Did so, we see? So Spider-Man. we got to talk about some Spider Man. I don't have any friends that give a shit about Spider-Man, <laughs> and it's been now, let's see, I saw it Wednesday night, so it's been like six days, five days, I can't even count. I saw it the day it came a- out. Enough days that like... Well, the, night, after the next day it came out, whatever, so... All yeah. I'm doing is stewing. Right, I know. About yep. this movie yep. that... I, I Fox was at the bar last night, I'm like, hey, she's Spider-Man, just on the off chance he yeah. saw it, he's like, no, I didn't see it. I'm like, God damn it, God, I gotta talk to somebody dude. about it. <laughs> I, like... Just before we go any further, spoilers, guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. going to put this in the description, but yeah. I'm just going to spoil the shit yeah, out of Spider-Man. We have zero filter. It's so, it comes out. Yeah. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it yet and you're worried about spoilers, this is then not, unplug. Yeah. Yep. You've put in your three minutes. This yeah. counts as a download. Thank you. Right. We appreciate you. <laughs> now, right. now you know I was That's borderline right. alcoholic. Move along. Move along. Um, I thought it was... Perfect movie, and then the mid credit scene happened. Oh, see, I thought the mid credit scene was pretty cool. I thought because it proved my point that I've been saying this whole time that I thought it wasn't really Nick Fury. Well, that was the end credit scene, which well, I'm good true. with. That's true. Okay. I'm, oh, I'm, you're talking about the, uh, sorry, you're right. I mixed them up. Yeah, I I, up. Yes, the fact apologize. you are right. Yeah, and I was all good with. The Nick Fury switcher. Right, uh, that right. left me with some questions, Which but some great. good questions. That's up so many great things. Right. There's yes. so many possibilities, and I'm happy with that. Um, but but you're, you're referring to Spider-Man's identity being revealed. Exactly. Yeah. Because, like, so for me, and we'll get into why the movie was wonderful, but as far as I'm concerned, like, that first two hours was as perfect of a Spider-Man movie as you can make. It was just a great and, movie. Right. Yeah. And But it was so on brain, and it was yeah. so wonderful. And then... The mid credit scene happened, and if you're a fan of Spider-Man, if you're a fan of the comics, if you're a fan of anything, Spider-Man never gets a happy ending. Right. Spider-Man always gets some version of the rug pulled out from under. Right. So, when the mid credit scene happened, and it, you got, first of all, the J. Jonah Jameson uh, getting J.K. Oh. Simmons back oh. was inspired and then the fact that you turned him into like an Alex Jonesian the right. Daily Bugles right. like InfoWars brilliant I don't want to get off topic already but does that open the multiverse right there 
now can you bring in Toby Toby Maguire? You can can you as other Spider Man? You know what I'm saying? Because I did read at one point, um, what's uh, Holland's first name? I can't think of it. Uh, Tom Tom Holland did have that. They did have a small part for him in Into the Spider Verse that they scrapped. Really? Yep. Yep. I, I, I said well, now we'll, we'll get way off topic yeah, if we go down that I road. Don't know. But you, that was one, I, that was a great. Like, I thought that, great surprise. that pole, yeah, fucking inspired. Yes. it was brilliant. Yes. And I love the idea of like J.K. Simmons or not J.K. Simmons, <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson yeah. has always been like the guy ringing that bell of like Spider Man's a menace, right? And then turning him into this conspiracy theorist, Alex Jonesy type right. character is like, right. oh, this fits so great for the times, yep. and so much of this movie fit for the times about the idea of not knowing what you can believe and well, what you can't and, and yeah the first thing I thought too is that that's how they're going to bring in Venom right oh. and that's how they got to bring yeah. it so and I thought it was it was brilliant in so many ways and then it was perfectly on par with both the character of J. Jonah Jameson and the character of Mysterio for uh, for them to try to turn the tides and make Spider-Man the bad guy right for me that felt like the perfect way to be like, ah, you don't get you don't get to win, Spider Man. Right. Like that felt on brand to yeah. me. Yeah. Then when they followed it up by Mysterio revealing his identity, it, I mean, more than more than being upset. It felt. To, it feels to me like this is the first time uh, Kevin Feige and crew made made a misstep because I think while I think the the new and exciting and scary thing to do is reveal his identity, mm-hmm. and I there's a big part of me that respects that. I respect that you're trying something different. However, every other character in Marvel Comics and it has been echoed in the MCU the idea of a secret identity doesn't really matter that much to any of those other characters right at this point Spider-Man's the only one left who has a secret identity and his secret identity is super fucking crucial to that character like they have wrestled with that for the last 50 some odd years like handling his secret identity so like I'm cool with a couple villains finding out or side characters sure. finding out. That happens. Sure. But when you broadcast his identity to the world at large, you can't unring that bell. And I think doing that to a 16-year-old Spider-Man really hamstrings your ability to tell Spider-Man stories in the future. I, I think you have to fundamentally change important things about that character for the rest of the MCU, sure. Well, it, or you have it, to, or it, you have to do some sort of like redux of history, where all of a sudden the world forgets. Right. Well, I was going to say, you know, but of course now you always have the time travel option. Yeah. But I think the fact that they give J. Jonah Jameson that crazy aspect to him does everybody believe it because right. he's so right wing. It's just, it's not the newspaper anymore. It's just really like an online sure. blog thing. So it's not. Millions and billions of people. Still a big thing. Don't get me wrong. Broadcast in the center of Times Square. Totally was, but New York's crazy place. I 
I do agree, and I and I think that's the only. I think you have to backpedal that way. Sure. Well, because I think it, 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 is, nothing it, else. Is, it is a. That is the storytelling element. That is right. one of the things that makes Spider-Man so compelling is that he has to be Spider-Man and Peter Parker. Right. Yeah, he has to be. He has to deal with being a teenager while being a superhero. Right. And if you pull that rug out from under him, yeah, and no, everyone no knows, story. now he just has to be a superhero. Right. Which is there's an entire other. The rest of the universe can just be that. Right. But, like, you lose the kind of fun, adventurous part of it, right. which to me is what makes Spider-Man such a fantastic character and such an interesting... Uh, such an, It gives him compelling stories. And I think you've thrown that away now. And see, I think that's, this is another way they can use the multiverse to use the story. You go to the multiverse and you bring back a Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. Look... There's your Spider-Man. I'm Peter Parker. That's that's okay. Spider-Man. Just you know, what I mean, I'm just. Yeah. I, I like I said. I think it opens up all kinds of crazy shit. Um, but I think that's the whole purpose of it. It's it to, definitely it does. Just, it, everything gets blown. It, it's no different, really, than the first Iron Man. How did it end? I am Iron Man. You're, and so much of this movie is an echo of the first right. Iron Man. But that's the difference between. Billionaire playboy yeah. and a fucking scared kid. Right. This entire movie was about him being like. It felt like uh, it felt kind of like dogma. This entire movie felt to me like you're seeing the years after Jesus found out he was the son of God before actually becoming Jesus. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, right. Like right. like yeah. you have you have this reluctant hero that now all of a sudden finds out he has to be the hero, and right. the whole movie is him being like. I'm not ready for this. I don't want this. I can't take this. I'm a kid. Let me be a kid. And they they nailed that. Pitch perfect. Agreed. The whole way through. Yeah. They gave you a killer high school story with this. And now they've just... They've pulled that away. Yeah. And I think if there were... Again, I think it's on brand for Mysterio to do some shit like that. Yes. I think if... I think if it ended with... Even separately, like, that you see that video existing, but not broadcast in Times Square, but dropped off to J. Jonah Jameson. Right. And then he's deciding what to do. That then becomes... Of course, with all the trickery we saw in Far From Home, what's to say that wasn't still trickery? You know what I'm saying? I mean, they could totally just be, that's what he thinks, and now he freaks out, and you know what I mean? I mean, I... I, that's what I liked about it. It, was, it really, to me, opened up so many questions yeah. without killing somebody off again. You know what I mean? Totally. Um, I not that you had to, but I thought this was a great wrap-up for the whole story. Yeah. The, this one, it really put a pin in the Infinity Saga. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was, it was a great tribute to really Tony nice. Stark, too. Absolutely. I thought they did some great stuff with that. And I feel um, like they, they were able to do, like... A really kind of touching send off without being Cheesy. sappy, right? Yep. Yeah, like Agreed. man, that moment on the plane when, and I mean, just before we go any further, how much of a fucking revelation just is Tom Holland? Right, like that kid, right? Just has right. chops, yeah, man. yeah, and yeah. I mean, it was upsetting when you could see him struggling with right. "Am I worthy?" kind of thing and all yeah. that kind of shit. Um, yeah, and, and he did a great job convincing me, man. And Fav's coming in and just being like, killing it. No, dude. Killing it. You're not Tony Stark. Yeah. 
and neither was Tony Stark. Right. That's well, like when he was talking, about, like, oh, I ruined this, and I, I, I gave away, uh, you know, I gave away Edith, and I, and I gave it right to the villain. All I was thinking was like, Tony Stark built Ultron, man. Right. Like it's right. okay. And what. A, what a great name, Edith. Right. Dude, so Even fantastic. dead, I'm the hero. God, that's like, great. So on brand, that's dude. That's so great. So yeah. killer. Yep. Like, yep. they nailed it. And then, like, even... It, it was so cool to me when uh, Happy Hogan's like, I got the music. And he puts on Back in Black to give you... you know, like, as the fan, you immediately get that, like, visceral right. fan yes. service of, like... Yes, yeah. Iron Man won. Yeah. And then he immediately comes like, oh, I love Led yeah. Zeppelin, which then gives you so yeah. on brand to that character right. of yeah. like, oh, that I was... got I got my cool sappy moment, I but held... it never got sappy. I, that's the one thing I was going to text you that you would have been like, what the fuck is he talking about? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I was going to leave it. But like, yeah. I was going to be like, hey, I love Led Zeppelin. I'm like, what? Oh, dude. See, it it would have taken a whopper to get it. It was yeah. brilliant, man. And then like you see him like. Stick his hand in the hologram just like Tony yeah. did. It was badass. It, I thought it was it really was, cool. It yeah. was really wonderfully. And that Zendaya kid that plays MJ, yes. she was really Nails. wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Um, the um, uh, Ned and his little girlfriend, what a great little yeah. side story. Didn't, oh, I didn't see that coming. I thought that was funny. Funny as shit. Super fun. Yeah. I mean, there was no. Uh, the only, you know. I don't even have I don't have a complaint about it at all. I still love the idea that they did like all the trailers had a bunch of footage that you never see. Right. You know, so one more thing, yeah, people just trailers totally yeah, bullshit they nowadays. Don't matter. Don't matter at They're all. They're a different story. Yeah, the line with the cops, you know, I got to do your job. Yeah. I'm not even in there. Yeah. Not even like that scene where they're even in that place, you know what I mean? So, um, and then JB Smooth just like yep. coming in out of the woodworks being really really funny. Yep. Um is Mysterio still alive? Yes, but not Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, okay. I think what they did, I think how they how they built Mysterio to me was so perfect that, um, like, the Quentin Beck character was super on brand with who he is in the comics, but the fact that they made it like he didn't come in with a with a title. And the kids gave him the title, and like, it then became kind of Team Mysterio. Right. All of these people that had been jilted by Tony Stark. Right, which I thought was and great. You, you have, oh, yeah. oh, that was Loved killer. It, yeah. And I mean, how perfect of a way to do like the uh, the villain explaining their plot in a non cheese way to make it that toast. Right. To where it makes perfect sense to the audience, but yep. feels like actually organic. Yeah. Like you, you killed so much exposition. And that moment so sleuthly, yeah. so so stealthily. But I, yeah, I, I love how that, they even brought it around to the whole barf thing. Yeah, like, I thought that was oh whole, my you know, god, that he created that and he gave it the name. Right, barf. they t- they took that throwaway joke. Oh, they did such a great job with that stuff in man. Civil yeah. War and made it killer. But I think, um, so I think the the Peter Billingsley character, um, and he's a guy who downloaded, he, he downloaded it, right, and they edited. He's a the little, kid from Christmas Story. Right, right. Um, I think he's the new Mysterio in the sense of, like, I don't think we're going to see, like, the typical, like, hooded Mysterio, like, right. the same version of Mysterio. But I think there is room in the future. Well, they just make him you part could, of the Sinister Six kind of thing. Right, right. That I think you can bring him in. Right. And make it fit really nicely. Agreed. Yeah, I think it'd be... I, I don't even know where to go. I mean, I agree with everything you just said. It was. I just think top to bottom, great movie. 
Um, I didn't have any parts. I even loved the, you know, the original uh, post-credit scene. I thought it was pretty badass. I thought it opened up everything. I I'm, uh, I loved it. I think the the J. Jonah Jameson's part was just truly inspired it. It to me. Right. Like that was yep. that and was the fact that they brilliant. kept it quiet too is awesome. Right. Awesome. It was brilliant filmmaking. Yep. And he, like of course that was something they could have filmed in someone's hotel room. You know, sure. So and bringing in J.K. Simmons as genius is that like just the fact of turning that character into the internet conspiracy theorist, like it, it's ins- it's it's silly to me because it makes perfect sense because that's who J. Jonah Jameson always was in a world of newspapers, right. right? And we no longer exist in a world of newspapers, so of, of course you like the fact that no one else thought of it right. is why it's so genius yes. because it's. It's sla- it's slapping you in the face like yep. that. That's the logical thing to do with that character. Yeah, if you actually sit down to write. Yep, and that's what was. That was so cool, man. And I think that whole movie, you know, like Mysterio is kind of the perfect character for. Not just this Spider-Man story, but kind of to make a really relevant Spider-Man story without being preachy, like. I mean, you even hear him say, like, we need an Avengers-level threat. Right, like, right. He's quoting the idea of, like, we need to manufacture this uh, this sensation. Like, if you don't make it ridiculous, people won't believe it. Right. And he's he's pulling these right out of, like, the internet shyster playbook right. that we all have to live with. Right. And, unfortunately, I think we all probably don't do as good of a job as we should actually knowing real versus fake. On both sides of the aisle, you know, that's yes. not even a political no, statement. No. That's regardless yeah. of where you stand. Well, people usually come to this podcast for politics. Obviously. For the most part. The politics of Spider-Man. <laughs> but that's, like, I think if you have that, I think in today's day and age, having that kind of as the underlying theme of the, you know, you don't know who's the good guy and who's the bad guy. And right. then to wrap it up with Mysterio saying, like, oh, no. Right, he is like Spider Man's the bad guy, and doing it in a way that's convincing for the world to believe is it's brilliant. You know, it it's on it's on brand for the character and on brand for the times we live in. Right, and you know, so it, it was able to send a it was able to tell a 2019 story without preaching a 2019 moral, which is a really tough no, yeah, I like act, that, yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah. Like, it didn't say, uh, the left is crazy or the alt-right's lunatics, right. but it told you very much, like, right. oh, extremism, and here are the tools to tell the story, here are the tools to create a following, here's herd mentality, here is not questioning what you see, yeah. or here is questioning everything you see, and the pitfalls of both of those. Yeah. Yeah, uh, in a really organic and fun way, while also being just like a fun high school movie. Man. Totally right, right. That's what I, it just like, touched on. How? So many different types of movies. Really, it was yeah. great. Yeah. How do you do that? I mean, these guys are geniuses. If we knew, we wouldn't be in my basement doing a podcast. That's true. <laughs> Talking about how they do it. <laughs> like at, at the end of the day, man. Like it just felt like it felt like watching. Like th- that's a movie I could totally put on while my wife's at home. And she'd be like, oh, that's funny and cute. Right. And walk away. Right. Or, like, if you sit down and really sit, you're like, oh, wow, that's really quality storytelling. Or these are really wonderful performances. Yes. Like, 
even like a like Martin Starr was really great. Yeah, that. and that girl that played Betty was yes. really like convincing and funny. And, and I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal, Jesus Christ, dude. great. Yeah, so great that I. Like I, that, that dude hasn't been that good since Donnie Darko. Right. I, I, I want to kiss that man. I know the history. You know, not, not a his, all of it of uh, Mysterio in the comics. And for a while there, I'm like, maybe they're not going to make him a shyster yeah. type guy. Maybe they're going to, you know, maybe he's going to be a straight kind of guy. Like, oh shit! He, he sold me. I was convinced yeah. until that bar scene, which was, is perfectly Mysterio. Yes. Like, yep. they, That's what I kept thinking. I was like, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop, and then I kept thinking, like, well. Marvel's doing this, and they do want the multiverse. Right. So, like, I had that in the back of my head, and then as soon as it, like, I was expecting it, and I still loved it. Like, I still, I still fell for it. Like, when, when Peter Parker was handing off Edith, like, there was still a huge part of me that was like, this is gonna end well. Right. But I fucking know better. Right. One, because there's still an hour left in the right, goddamn exactly. movie. Right. So of course I know better. And because I've been reading Spider-Man since I was a kid, I know Mysterio is that guy. Yep. But it did, like, they sold it in enough of a way that even me I, was yeah, like... I'm with you. I was there 100%. Yeah, yeah. I might. But right. Like, what road are you gonna go? Right. I and, was with you too. And that original, or that second, the actual post credit scene... The Nick Fury reveal, yeah. yeah, awesome. What a ridiculous throwaway! Though. Yes, like, but it means so much. That's what I'm saying. It changes everything. Like both post credit scene actually had weight. Yes. And when was the last? Like, honestly, the last post credit scene that like really had weight, right? Was like what Captain America one? Probably, yeah. Like you know, it was right. like Iron Man had. Like I, I, I mean, those were what still important, it? and they flowed into the next movie or, or right. were but, fodder for whatever. But this affected this movie. Well, I, like, I feel like the early ones. This like, changed everything, not every, but it changed right. your aspect this is a, of this is a crucial storytelling. Right, right. Like I feel like in the beginning makes more sense as you know, to why I he don't did certain things. What Iron Man one was, but Incredible Hulk. Yeah, was at, at the, the post credit of Incredible Hulk was when Tony Stark in the bar with yeah the general, Tony Stark right. in the bar so you get that Avengers right. hint right Iron Man two was Thor's hammer so that was huge that's right that's right um, Thor I don't even know what Thor I don't was either but probably something about Iron Man or not Iron um, Cap but like the end of Remember. the end of Cap one was what was uh Loki getting the Tesseract. That's right. Oh which was which is huge. Right. Right. Since then, what has mattered that much? To me nothing. Like that even can, that comes like, to my head, none of Avengers it. one had the Thanos reveal. Right. But that didn't pay off for it. Like right. that wasn't it, it didn't affect anything. Right. right. It, it didn't, didn't change any, what right. you saw. Right. And then like there was which which was it Iron Man three or so whichever one um, revealed Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, sure. Um, the very but even, end. even that yeah. Yeah. didn't change. Like this is a serious storytelling element that right. if you go into the next movie, you will be lost if you didn't know. Right, right, absolutely. And that's crazy to me. And they did it with both scenes. Yes. Like, how did you do, yep. how do you, in two minutes, in that mid credit scene, completely and they did deconstruct it. and reconstruct well, Spider-Man, 
and then just throw in right. and they, that Nick Fury's well, an alien, and you don't know how long he has been. Right. And the way they did it, you know, just flashing to them in their car like they have a million fucking times. You're like, oh, what's this random thing going to throw away scene going right. to be? Like, Holy shit. Yeah. Yes, I was right. Yeah, <laughs> That's exactly. what I thought the whole time. That was the first thing I thought. <laughs> was like, ah, oh, Brandon knew it. Damn right. I got the Gendry Arya uh, thing wrong, but God damn it, I nailed this Nick Fury thing. God. But you should have gotten Gendry Arya right because the writers just ruined everything. I kind of did get it right. Right. You got it right. That's right. Game of Thrones got, <laughs> got it wrong. totally wrong. They got everything else wrong. Speaking of which, you know, so Com- uh, San Diego Comic Con's happening here, what, this coming this up? Week? week? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw they're doing like a Game of Thrones. Like a send off? Send off? At Hall H? Good idea? Terrible idea. Well, they. I'd be almost afraid to be. I'd be uncomfortable in that room. Just as yeah. a fan, I yeah. would be uncomfortable. Yeah. Do they give them a warm reception? I know we won't get too far well, off topic. I, but. I think the. I think you have to give the cast sure a warm reception. So I think they, they've been wonderful. And aside from this season, everything was great. Don't get right. me wrong. You know what I mean? But, but so. I think the cast, even in this season, I think it was wonderfully acted. Sure. I, the only people, and, and I think the fan base is smart enough to know, the only people that fucked this up were two folks that are leaving to write Star Wars. Right. Um, I, I, so I don't, I, I think it would be, and I think enough time has passed that people are going to have a good enough perspective. Right. More of an overall. But I yeah. also think... Any crowd going into Hall H is already probably pissed off because they've been sitting in line for ten fucking hours. Right. Instead of doing all the other cool shit San Diego has to offer. I know. I walked around San Diego Comic Con a couple years ago. It was like, why would I stand in any goddamn line? This is beautiful. Yeah. So, I... I think I, it's bold. Yeah, I do too. I was surprised a little bit. I was surprised. I, Especially because there's not a lot... There's a lot going on, don't be wrong. But compared to other years, there's not as much. Mm-hmm. So, this could be a big focus. I just think, poor Sophie Turner. Yeah. Because this chick has done nothing but act her part well and be wonderful. Yeah. Um, and then in the same year, Game of Thrones goes off the rails and Dark Phoenix blows up. Yeah. This poor girl is yeah. going to go into Comic-Con like, no, sis, yeah. you just walked into the lion's den. But then again, like, the, this is not great. The paycheck's still cash the same. So I think she's looking at it. Sure. Not, not like that way, but as a... You know, you'd like that, you know, oh, I've been a part of some big things. Her life's good. Right, right. But her showing up at Comic-Con in 2019 may not be the brightest move. There are a lot of fucking assholes out there. And I think she's going to find out real quickly just how many there are. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Which is a shame. That's true. That's very true. Because she seems delightful. And she acted both of those parts really well. Yeah. Yeah. I think she does a good job at her job. Right. Right. Um, unfortunately, she's also not the writers of said yeah, right. said projects or, that happen or to editors. Garbage. Yeah, exactly. Um, so back to Spider Man. You got anything else on Nick Fury you want to throw out there? You know, theories, concerns. How long you know, has he been up there on his little Star Trek hollow deck, <laughs> looking for his sandals? What I think is. That real Nick Fury actually died in Winter Soldier. Really? Okay. That feels to me like the logical 
Is this an Agent Smith kind of thing? Point. You think? Like he's a clone kind of deal? Yeah. Okay. I, I, hey, I'm down I, for whatever. I just don't know. Like, but I also think keeping him up in space, like you get that. I think that sets up the Eternals. Right. What they're doing up there. I mean, right. he's up there with the creator doing whatever. Um, you know, that earlier, I can't, I can't tell, um, when, you know, looking back on it now, Nick Fury, uh, says something about Captain Marvel, like, you know, don't speak her right, name don't or whatever. Don't speak her name. Let's, yeah, is don't, he, don't invoke her is name. Is he pissed? Did she not, you know, I mean. Yeah. Is he still mad because she, she only showed up at the end of Endgame? You know, yeah. she could have just won the whole thing for him early. Um, so I, you know, I, 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 I love the movie and I loved how they ended it to set up so much they just wide open they left so many doors open and I think they could have left all those doors open without spoiling his secret identity I I'm not convinced it's a bad thing I am because I I, I trust you know, I, I have enough faith in them to have a good idea what to do with it I have faith in them but I guess here's here's my here's my issue I don't think this is going to prevent them from making good movies and I don't think it's going to prevent them from telling good stories and time's going to tell whether it was the right move or the wrong move and odds are it was the right one for them for a million reasons but really selfishly I think I think what Marvel has done for the last 10 years has been the perfect balance of bringing in new and casual fans and honoring the fandom that is that's been around since well before being a nerd was fucking cool Um, and I think spoiling his secret identity to the world this early it it means whatever story you tell from now on is played by entirely different rules than than Spider-Man you are telling different stories with that character now. Oh, yeah. And I'm not saying those stories aren't worth telling, but, I mean, it is it is pivotal to everything Spider-Man is. More than any other superhero. Well, minus Batman. I'd say Batman and Spider-Man are the only two that are... that their secret identity is integral to how they exist. I think you can play it fast, just as Marvel has shown, you can play it fast and loose with any other character's identity, and it doesn't necessarily change how they would behave, or what their motives are, or or how they exist. It does with Spider-Man. Yeah. Everything he does yeah. is based on the idea of protecting Aunt May, and protecting MJ, right. and at the time, protecting Gwen. Right. And it was all based on that secret identity. That is a major motivation for that character and now you've taken that away um or if you just heightened it but now everyone knows does it make him more protective absolutely oh sure but it doesn't but it takes away the fact that he's trying to tell a lie and trying to live two lives you lose the idea that he is he can no longer try to be peter parker He's always fought, that character has always fought with, am I Spider-Man or am I Peter Parker? Right. Now they're one and the same to the world. And I think that that means from this point on, whatever story you tell, you are taking away that fundamental 
motivation from him. And that, that that's, that's not that's no, not yeah. right to me. That's I, not I gotcha, that's yeah. not that character. Yeah. No, I'm, it makes total sense what you're saying. Absolutely, that's what you're saying. And you could have delivered that punch of just like, you know, it's it's right for him to not have a happy ending, and it's right, right for Mysterio to be a scumbag. And you could have delivered both of those things by just Mysterio coming on the exact same way, but him and him turning Spider Man into the bad guy. Right. But not revealing his identity, and that's. I see, I see your point. Yeah, I, I feel like it was unnecessary shock value that hampers the ability to tell a story. And now, if this if this movie taught us anything, it's that Spider Man is the crux of the Marvel universe now. Yeah, he is taking the the Iron Man Tony Stark Ooh. mantle, which he should. Sure, but you just you you just gave him everything. While making him not himself, and I, and you know, like he didn't have Spider-Man's identity was not revealed in mass until Civil War in the comic books. Mm-hmm. That was a huge thing. So let's think. Spider-Man was first published in what fifties? Uh, no, it was sixties, right? Sixties. Okay, yeah. Um, Civil War happened in two thousand six. Mm-hmm. So it was. 50 years of Spider-Man stories before that happened. You can't tell any of those. And when that happened, Peter Parker made the choice himself and revealed himself well, as an say, adult. Right. Were there not any earlier issues where, where Spider-Man... I, th- I felt like he revealed himself at one point to save May or MJ. Maybe not, I could be wrong. Not, not to not, the world. Okay, okay. Maybe. To, like, Sure, his identity was figured out by villains. It may have been villains. after that anyway. I can't remember, but yeah. His identity was figured out by villains. Sure. And like like how Vulture did in Homecoming. Right. And that works. I'm right. with that. Right. I'm, I, I'm not saying they need to keep it under lock and key and be so perfect. About, but like, you just put him on blast on television to the world at 16 years old. Right. You've taken away all of his growth. You've taken away all of his ability to naturally evolve. And now that you've ended the Infinity Saga, this feels to me like Marvel just trying to one-up itself. And this, and it felt like the perfect opportunity to scale back down. To just say, like, well... Or is it just Marvel doing what they do with the trailers, making you think, this is what we're going to be talking about in the future... And then the next movie comes out, and this was a trick. A what? what you know what I mean? It really, in yeah. the end, was just another post-credit scene that doesn't apply to the future as much as we think it does. You know, what I mean? I'm not saying it doesn't, but knowing what Marvel does, Ooh, that's good, is to fuck with you. I hope so, and they do it well, right? And they do. Which so again, I I don't. I, I'll, I'm curious to see what all comes out this week from Comic Con. Because rumor yeah. is they're going to have an Eternals panel, show yeah. some people coming out. I think if they do that, we'll have a better idea of where things are going. Rumor is they might also have some Black Widow for footage because they've been kind of yeah. shooting some of the, you know. So, of course, that's going to be a prequel. Won't really involve Spider-Man type stuff. But I think if we have a better idea of where they're trying to go, it might alleviate some of your concerns with. Because at the same time, I I know what you're saying, but do they also? create a franchise around a 16-year-old kid leading the Avengers. I don't think they do. Right. Because because they, they reference the Avengers a lot in this movie. Like, yeah. when are the Avengers coming back? We need an Avengers. Avengers are going to... Something's going to happen. New Avengers, whatever they're going to do, they're going to do more Avenger. Yeah. And it may just be a Spider-Man movie and the Avengers are in it. It may not be an Avengers movie, 
But I think we're a ways away from that kind of team up. I, th- I think we're three I think, or four movies away for sure. But I don't think it's I think as far away as that. you think. I don't think I it think is. Marvel's smart enough to know like what they did with the Avengers was brilliant, mm-hmm. and the the biggest reason it worked over ten years is they allowed it to be organic. And I think the the challenge they're facing right now is how do you do that again without getting too big too fast. Sure. So I I think... Well, now they don't have to. Now people are going to come see the movies regardless. Right. So yes. I, I think we're going to see... You can take your time. I think before we see any sort of substantial team up, we are going to see uh, Black Widow movie. We're going to see Black Panther 2. We're going to see Doctor Strange 2. We're going to see Captain Marvel 2. We're going to see Guardians 3. I think all of those movies happen before a team-up. And I think we probably see Immortals before a team-up. Uh, see, I'm not convinced. I don't know. I really don't. I don't. That's why I'm, I'm really curious to see what comes out this week. I think after this week we'll have a much better idea what's going to happen. I, mean, I could be wrong. Maybe yeah. we'll have no fucking idea. And they'll just yeah. stick with it some more. Who knows? Maybe they'll Robert Kirkman it and, and we're done. just show up <laughs> you know, tomorrow and say the MCU is folded. Yeah, all those movies we were talking about, not doing one of them. Yeah. Not doing one of Fake them. Fake out. T- totally. Um, you didn't watch Stranger Things yet, right? I am three episodes in. Okay. So I won't spoil oh it too much. Oh, my God. But I think it's, it, it was the best season. It was, it was so far. Yeah. It's the best season. Yeah. Like, the, uh, the last episode I saw was when um, the uh, Steve and Dustin and the girl whose name is right the ice cream place right yeah figured out the code the code yeah and uh, like so charming yes and so delightful yes and then like uh, Dacre Montgomery as as Billy like. Really menacing, man. Yeah. Like they made him a great villain. It was so funny because at first um, I'm like, they're going like all in with the '80s like Russia yeah. stuff, and I'm like, but they made it work so and, like well. so mall ratsy. Oh, it was so good. So many great '80s references. Like I want to go back and just watch it for background. Yeah, I I can't wait. Oh, I mean the soundtrack is just straight great '80s oh. stuff. Um, and I want to say more, but it'll spoil stuff for you. It just yeah, I am. It gets it's so good. It's so good. By the next time, well, no, next tomorrow we're doing the the golf tournament. tournament So by next Sunday, all right, fair enough. We'll have finished. Fair enough. And we can go. We can go in on it. Yeah, I am. I think they they just did a killer job. Me too. Me too. Super. Um, I've been super impressed, and I think uh, it's that kid. Billy Ma- Bobby Millie Brown or yeah. Billy Bo- yep. great just get out. every every season I think she gets better I think yeah. this kid can't be more talented yep. and then she shows up and I'm like Jesus Christ dude like you're 12 how are you this good at right. this right. how yep even like the 80s montages were just spot on yeah you know what I mean like the mall stuff trying on shit doing some glamour shots it was just yeah. fucking spot on so, so many much great fun, things man. It was funny too. I saw, seen the Baskin Robbins commercials. They're using uh-huh. the Ahoy as like, like it's Are them. They? Like, yeah, they come in Ahoy. So they got the two kids like selling Baskin Robbins shit. It's, it's funny, you know, nice. commercialism. What are you gonna do? But it's, right. it's still great. It's still great stuff. It's still great yeah. stuff. So yeah, it was to me. It was spot the best. On, it was so. Oh my god. 
Um, and uh, Hopper's and fantastic. Can we talk about David Harbour's so just good. Will Byers carrying the torch for us nerds, right? Like, fuck a girlfriend. Right. Can we please yeah. play D and D? Every time he comes on screen, yeah. I am both elated and heartbroken. After I'm just like, uh, yeah. oh, oh, I, I get you, bro. I, I, I've lived your life, but holy shit, man, I'm carry a, that torch. I'm almost afraid to say anything because I don't want to ruin. Well, I don't think it, it, it's out. So. Um, once the series came out, they did a new line of pop toys. Mm-hmm. They put some out before the series came out, but then once the movie came out, they put ones out that would have kind of spoiled things. Uh-huh. And they had a Will the Wise. Does that spoil anything for you yet? No. Okay. He's, he was in his full Yeah, he was gown. in his full regalia oh, so in great. episode three. Okay, I can't remember what episode it was. Yeah, right? it was, was the one like I just there? recently watched. Yeah, just he just like, turns around, he's like, he gives him the whole spiel of what's going on. Right. So great. So great. But that's exactly... Like, like, can I just take a shower first? Right, like, <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Like, they nailed, they nailed it. preteen angst. Yes, yes. Which is even harder to nail than teen angst. Like, was, if we were talking about how Far From Home really nailed being a teenager... Stranger Things nailed being fucking 12 years old. It, I was going to say, it's so funny. You got two fucking 30, 40 year old guys sitting here talking about how great these movies are about high school kids and fucking right. elementary school kids and shit like that. I'm like, oh, we love because it. Because we never stopped being that. Pro- that's right. what I have that as a high school teacher. I'll talk to kids all the time. And uh, I tend to relate with them pretty well. And, you know, at le- invariably, two, three times a year, I'll hear from a kid like, Oh man, like you, you, you get it. Like how how do you get it? And I'm like, because I'm still fucking 17. Right. Like you don't understand. Like my my body changed, my circumstances changed, but I I am. Should I like is still right. Like I am in every way, shape, and form the same insecure, fucked up, weird kid that I was. Yep. I just have more years behind it. That's so right. I I do get it. Right. Like I get it in a very real and visceral way. So, so we had wrestling. I had wrestling on. I didn't bring it up, you know. Oh yeah. Of course, it's a Sunday. Every other, you know. Well, it's been Batista. Well, now he's got some special on. Yeah, the, the pay per view's over. Anyways, looking hot as shit. Uh, right there, you go. Drax kicking some ass. Well, um, peanut head though. Right. Looks so much better than makeup. Um. So, but last night, because I'm always pimping out my new AEW that mm. I love, Mm-mm. they had another pay per view. Okay. Um. It was streaming. They did the last couple they've done for free, trying to you know pump up. So Bleach, sure. Bleach Report Live was pumping it out. So I was at DB's last night. So I'm sitting there at DB's in in the spot right uh-huh. next to the bar. Uh-huh. <laughs> got my drink. Got my phone on, streaming fucking AEW Jesus wrestling. Christ. <laughs> in the sports bar, damn with right. Fucking twelve TVs. I wish in I would have had my hookups, my little my Chromecast. I would have hooked it up and played it on the big screen. Um, that would have been better. I'll be motherfucker. Everybody walk by. Oh, what are you looking at? I stopped and looked for a few minutes. It, <laughs> it was good shit, man. It was good shit. So I wanted to pip it out. You know, I'm still still watching my AEW. Of course you are. Anybody's wondering why I didn't bring up WWE tonight or AEW from last night? I I did. Yeah, you watched AEW. We had we, have we had WWE other things on. going on, so I just and, wanted to make sure everybody. Knew. And also for all concerned listeners. Mark is still alive. <laughs> totally, yes. it's, it's a WWE yes. pay per view night, right. and he's not here, that's so right. we yeah. may have some concerned yeah. listeners. That's right. He was supposed to be here. He did call me. Everything's okay, right? Not a wrestling related injury or anything. He's good to go. He should be here for the next big paper. We got SummerSlam, I think, in two or three weeks. So, 
Okay, he'll, good. He'll be here for Summer Flame, I'm sure. Good, good, I'm good. Sure. We have, uh, I was talking to, today I was at a diaper party um, for Dirty Bird. He's a drummer for the Haddonfields. Yes. Uh, he was talking to me. He's like, man, I, I want to get on the podcast, man. I got shit to say. I want to talk about some stuff. It's like, all right, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll get something on the books. So before I, uh, the, yeah, the I'm, drummer of the Haddonfields, yeah. Dirty Bird is trying Trying to come have a good time. We'll get him on here for sure, man. I love that kind of shit. But the more guests, the better. I think it's uh, it's fun to talk to people uh, about stuff that I don't know if they're into it or not. Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh man, so he's a riot. This this was kind of random. He also gave me mushrooms for the first time in my life when I was like (laughs) fifteen or sixteen. So you know, so he's a good dude, right? So you got to have on the show if we're trying to figure out what's going on, (laughs) right? Um, This is not on anything we've talked about. Totally off topic. I saw they are in production now for a Big Lebowski spinoff movie. Yes. See this with, shit? Uh, with Follows John, Jesus. Yeah. John Turturro. And, and John Hamm's in it. I'm fucking, I'm all aboard already. I'm 100%. Oh my God, how great is that going to be? Right. I mean, <laughs> guy's a pedophile. I, I, I love right. that shit. It's going to be. Shit. And I, John like, Hamm. Like, well, they got to have Goodman in there somewhere too, right? I, he's got to be the bowling lanes or something at some you'd point. You'd hope. I got to be. Or even a Buscemi, you know, because I know well, he died. Yeah. But if this is earlier, I don't know. I don't know if it's earlier or after. Yeah. I don't know when it's going to be. But following the exploits but, of Jesus, just what a great story that could be. Yeah. I. Now, I know. I'm uh, uh, was that Cohen Brothers? Yeah. They're not doing it, but they've given their blessing and signed off. So they're, they approve of it. So okay. Just, but they're not. I hope they've seen it. a script. I, I would assume, right. But the fact that they got Tour to sign on, to me, says a lot. I, I feel don't like know, man. That dude was also in fucking Transformers. So. Well, that's true. That's true. Like, John Turturro doesn't shit. Yeah, but every now He's and then. He have the most discerning taste. It's like saying well. you got fucking Nicolas Cage to sign off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sam Jackson's doing this movie. It must be a good one. <laughs> Sam, you can't say no. You know that, right? Right. Well, if I don't, The Rock will take it, so fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I saw the working title is The Jesus Rolls. <laughs> Fucking great, man. I'm on board. Man. I was on board right away. So I saw that real quick. What else did I see real quick? That they're uh, in the, not necessarily in production on, but there's a oh. script or something that I couldn't believe. These were ones I just had. I was floored, right? Okay. Gladiator 2. Why? That's exactly what I thought. I don't know the story. I mean, he dies. So I don't know where it goes from there. Yeah, that's just a, that's a great self-contained story. That's just But that's like one a, of those things that... That feels like a fucking money grab Well, me. not only a money that grab, but I, that feels like one of those things that they're going to make a movie that's nothing to do with the first one. Right. Just call it Gladiator 2. But it's if you call Ocean's it something Eight else, shit all over exactly. Again. If you called it something else, people would enjoy it. Yeah, you go in with something else in your mind, and they give you some other piece. But of they're shit. saying, "Oh, we'll call it Gladiator because then we can spend an extra five hundred million dollars right. right. because we own those rights and justify right. it." Um, most people know I'm a ben, ben, big Ben Affleck oh, yeah. guy. They want to make the accountant too. Did you see the accountant? Oh. I did. Not a piece I of think. shit. But I'm trying to remember. It's not memorable, right? It's not. It's nothing fancy. Wait a minute. No, the Punisher's his brother. No, I didn't see that. I saw one where he was a lawyer. He's an accountant in this one. Okay, 
Imagine that. Yeah. So, so it's, a, it's a stretch. I did not see yeah. the accountant. What's the lawyer one? Ben Affleck as an accountant. I don't. Yeah, right. Yeah. I don't know the. I don't know the lawyer one. I can't even think what that would be. No. You know what? I'm already. I can tell you what it is. It doesn't have Ben Affleck in it. <laughs> it's the one where fucking George Clooney's the lawyer. Oh, it's like, it's like a cleaner kind of thing. Uh, uh, I know what you're talking about. What was it called? Yeah, I know. I, I know you like what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. What's her name's? Uh, there's also a big powerful woman in the end that you kind of yeah. I can't, that's the big ending sequence. Yeah. yeah. For whatever reason, they blow up his car. Yeah. So, yeah. They blo- yeah. That's the, the blowing yeah. up of the car there you go. There you was go. the moment I remembered. Okay. Of that. That's the only thing I remember about that movie. Obviously, I thought it was goddamn Ben Affleck exactly. instead of George yeah. Clooney. Yeah. Because they're interchangeable in my they mind. They kind of are. Actually, think about it. <laughs> yeah. They, they're, they're not. You know. Yeah. They're not, not all that yeah. dissimilar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, uh, I like Ben Affleck. Me too. I, yeah, I, I like George you. Clooney. But you know who else I like? Casey Affleck. I like the whole Affleck family. I agree. I'm not a, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm equal opportunity yeah. Affleck. Yeah. You, you tell them, I'm, little. What I, is it? I appreciate their work. Yeah. You tell them, little hoser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I want the brighter. Right. <laughs> oh, fucking love. Great chemistry. I'll, tra- I'll trace a chalk liner on your dead fucking body. Which is one of my. Top top is not bad. Favorite. Uh, um, Kevin Smith jokes ever. Yeah. Like of all of the killer jokes in all of his movies that I love, that might be my favorite. Between how Jason Lee delivers it right. and just that moment, like, yes. shut up, you tracer! I'll trace a de- I'll trace a chalk line around your dead fucking body. That, that, you know what? It's now that I think about it, we got to come up with some type of T-shirt around that. Oh yeah. Especially that. for cons. I mean, that would yeah. sell like a motherfucker at cons. Yeah. Like, just, or even your mother's a tracer. That's a t shirt <laughs> right there. Done. Print it up. Uh, that's copyrighted, by the way, guys. <laughs> right. That's ours. Yeah. We could get it, we could get into the whole legal battle, that's like your, apparently Archer right. Peril and yeah. the Jacks. Yeah, right? Uh, the Jacks NYB. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Archer Peril didn't, uh, uh, the NHL didn't uh, approve of this Archer Well, no, did you hear the, this new thing? Um, so the Jacks NYB, like the yeah. bar. Yeah. Um, they sent a cease and desist uh, over the term Play Gloria. But then, so so then like KMOX published this article yesterday about... Uh, We're a little late like, to that party. The Jacks bar is suing. And then like the Jacks bar came out and we're like, no. We're not lost, and they gave their side, and then the dude that owns Arch Apparel did like an online video of yeah. like, no man, they're fine. Like it, it, it ended up being nothing. It was real sensationalism, but it was like two companies just being companies and right. logically right. managing their own copyrights. Yeah. Um, and no one's the bad guy here um, at, at the end. But it was like I think about that when we talk about yeah, that was real mark totally yeah yeah. Speaking of random shit like that, this is like for down the road. But I, I wrote this down earlier. I want to do a all spoilers show, like just the, the greatest spoilers of movie history. You know what I mean? Just and we'll burn out some shit. Like, of course, you know, I'm Darth Vader's Luke's yeah. father was, you know, um, fucking Dumbledore dies. You know, shit like that, right. just, and, and blow it up. He was dead the whole time. Exactly. Yes. Dude, Bruce Willis is on there. Yeah. Dumbledore dies. It's one of my. This is, <laughs> See, this is great already. So, yeah. bef- this has to come out now, just because it's <laughs> yeah, on my right mind. Right. Uh, book six, Harry Potter, Half Blood Prince, came out my junior year of high school. Okay. Um, when that book came out, 
obviously at the time. Wildly highly anticipated by tons of people. There was an asshole at my high school that bought that book the night it came out, read the whole motherfucking thing, and then just ran around telling people oh, Double Door dies like a fucking prick. That's how you get, I, that's how you get fucked up. Oh my god, dude. Yeah. It was and like what everyone was like, you're full of shit. And then as more and more people finish the book, you know, like as like a week goes on, you'd see some dour faces. Two weeks go on, people are like, no. And like it just kept being like this fucking monster. That's like, ridiculous. You son of a yeah. bitch. Yeah. You think just because a guy reads comics he won't start some shit? Right, dude. Oh <laughs> it was that spoiler touches a very particular nerve for me because that yeah. I feel like that was the first true spoiler I ever got. That was the first time that I feel like I was ever really spoiled on something. Like that was still in the I still had dial-up internet at the time. Right. Like yeah, that was the time of message boards, not yeah. the time of fucking well, social media. It's funny, and like I said, well, we'll I think we do a whole show on that kind of thing. But just starting to like think about it, I'm like, you know. Nowadays, it's a different story than even 15 years ago because the internet's right. so prevalent. You could get a spoiler day of. Now or back then, you know, something was on TV or a movie. No one else fucking knew. It. No one put it in the paper. Yeah. No one, you know, there wasn't. You know, Rolling Stone magazine didn't do an article on spoilers of this movie or whatever. Right. You know, it just didn't happen. It was a different. You was, had to see it. And it was a different age of. Uh, of media in the sense that so much less was being produced than consumed. And this isn't me like, kids these days watch too much TV. Right. Like, I watch too much TV. Right. There's not, so much I'm out so, there. Yeah, right. I'm just saying it's a product of the times right. that they're like, people weren't watching as much, so there was less of a fucking desire to, like, I mean, shit, you, like, the crazy thing to think about is like, it was only... 25 years ago probably maybe even maybe 20 years ago that like most teams didn't have all of their based all their games televised right right like, I, I was a kid right 20 years ago and I might have caught you know a Saturday or a Sunday right, right. I, I might see I might have 50 Cardinals games televised a year and 30 blues games televised a year and then like when you think about in the span of twenty years, you went from that to then every game is televised to then high speed internet that only gives you highlights to then high speed internet that you can stream the highlights immediately right. the instant they happen yep. to then Twitter and Facebook where you don't even get the time to see the highlight before yep. you see the reaction on your phone right away and yep. then it's just like yep that happens so quickly right and it's it's human nature to want to. That's the thing that gets me about spoilers is I I don't hate spoilers. Same here. And not in the sense like I don't I have occasionally sought them out. You know, I'm like, "Ooh, I wonder what happened." Well, I I hate being spoiled sometimes. Right. What? Um yeah, I, right. I like I like seeing a movie uh, kind of as a blank slate, but I also understand that like for me so much of an enjoying anything, whether it's like shit. The reason I wanted to do this podcast, the reason we started this, is because it's fun to talk about with people. It's yep. it's not like like oh, sure. I thought this was for the money. Not, <laughs> right. Oh, I'm I'm done. Well, I, I we've I, made like nine dollars so far. Yeah, 
like I I love the I love the media itself. I love the content, but I also love the idea of a community behind it. So when spoilers start to exist, I think maybe this is naive of me, um, but I only think there's. 10 to 15% of those that come from a malicious place, like that shithead kid that ran around saying it. Right. But I think way more often than not, it's just someone that's like, oh shit, I saw this as soon as I could, and now I just want to fucking talk about it. Like, I, I want to experience it with my friends, with my community. I want to I want to gather around this piece of information. Right. And I respect that. I appreciate that. Um, so I feel like in this day and age, it's it's my fault if I don't consume immediately, I I subject myself to a spoiler if I don't consume immediately, and that's okay because like for me, if someone's like we're talking Stranger Things, mm-hmm. I'm a week and a half behind. Right, I know. Right. If it's spoiled for me, like the reason it's spoiled for me is because a bunch of other people that liked the same shit I did loved fucking talking about right. it. And I I can't get mad about that. That makes sense. I understand. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I can't. Like it's frustrating. Sure. But even that, even in that sense, it's not really that. For like, if someone spoiled Endgame for like in the pivotal events, sure. sure. Yeah. But that happens once every four or five years that there's something crucial, that big, right? But more often than not, like if someone spoils something for me, as long as it's not day of, if you give someone three days, then. Fucking enjoy it, man. Because right. so much of the fun of it is talk. Like shit, dude. I've been ever since I left the theater Thursday morning at one fifteen in the morning. All I've been thinking about is how I can't fucking wait to come here and talk okay. about this with I know. you. I know. So I I can't fault anybody else for being like I want to throw this on Facebook or right. Twitter totally. or whatever. Totally. totally. I, I get that. Yeah. To an extent, I understand. I understand. But yeah, it's, it's definitely got its its pitfalls. I mean, that's frustrations. I would say what. 25 to 30% of YouTube is based on just, hey, this spoilers, this spoiler, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's just review. So it's so hard to go on anything and not be spoiled. Yeah. Like you have, you know, you have to go to your phone and turn off notifications when certain events or whatever are happening so you don't get spoiled. Right. That sucks. To me, you know what I mean? Definitely. Not, you know, yeah, everything's a convenience, blah, blah, blah. But spoilers shouldn't be a convenience. You know what I'm saying? That's true. So, anyway, I don't know. Like I said, you're right. Whole other, whole other topic. Like we talked about that for 20 minutes, and we didn't. I didn't want to get into it. I just had a I'm like that'll be a fun idea to just to bullshit all spoilers. Yeah, it, more of just a fuck you to people who are like, ooh, spoilers. Like, <laughs> all spoilers. This is all right. the show is. This is it. Spoilers. Guess what? Jr. got shot. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> Everything. Ross and Rachel together. Yeah, it's, we're, I got it's it done. all for you. It's yeah. done. Sopranos. No one knows. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> So, so, so hit record on that show. We're done with that show. <laughs> right. That's it. Yeah. Um, so I thought we bullshit about some uh, bad sequels. I'm on board. This seems like a real logical place to take a quick break, though. Very logical. And we will be back in a minute. Hey, guys. John here from Altered State. Just want to fill you in about the best spot down in Soulard, DB Sports Bar. Um, you find yourself uh, looking to go to a Birds game this year. You can always park there, catch a free golf cart down. One of the top menus in Soulard, open till 3. Odds are, you find yourself down there, you might find one of us. So come in, say hey, we'd love to catch up with you. See you there. 
we're back. Once again, I have a note on a previous page. Oh, live action Mulan. Okay, that makes sense. We talked about that. <laughs> well, I, I can't did, read my writing. I'm like, uh, live beyond what? Live oh, live action, action Mulan. Mulan. Yeah. It was. Um, so my kids, like, oddly enough, out of nowhere, are real interested in Mulan, and they never were. Like, that was a movie that Libby and I both really dig. And is on Netflix. Never seen. So, oh, really? Yeah. I saw it in theaters with Gibson yeah, when we were like ten, <laughs> and we both loved it, and I still love it. And see, I would have been like nineteen and getting pussy. So, yeah, right, right. I win. Right, which I've <laughs> never done. So, I have two kids that prove I've gotten pussy once. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Curtains. Yeah. No, that was probably. It may have been the same day my son was conceived because I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you were watching Mulan. I was knocking a girl up. <laughs> it's a circle of life. That's, that's <laughs> um, but we like we tried to watch it with the girls a million times, and neither one of them give a shit about Mulan. So we're like, ah, whatever. And then uh, last week, that trailer dropped during the uh, Women's World Cup final. Sure. So I'm watching that game at my house, um, and as I'm watching, like girls are running around and shit. And so during halftime, they come in, or the girls are running, and they play that commercial, and Noelle, like, stops where she goes, oh my god, daddy, Mulan! And I'm sitting here like, why do you fucking care? Right. But you're right, this does look pretty dope. Right. I am jazzed on it. I don't but have I love anything. the original Mulan. I can't say either way, like I said, I just, I, when we were talking about those live action uh, movies a couple weeks ago, I think I've had it written down. Dude, Eddie Murphy. read my writing. See, I had no idea Eddie Murphy was in that. Eddie Murphy is the whole thing. I did just watch Shrek recently, though. So that... Right, so Eddie Murphy as Mushu is okay. Eddie Murphy as Donkey, but before. Okay. It's the same shit, dude. Okay. He's, he's fucking hilarious. I think a lot of times in my head, I mix that up with Moana. Yeah. And well, I, they're and like I, 15 I, years apart. Well, tw- well, but I... And Moana is fucking delightful. When you haven't seen either one, they came out a week apart. You know, I don't know. Right, I don't that's know. true. So, I uh, do love... I love fucking... I like them. Dude, I just love Disney movies. So I'm not going to lie. Like, well, any the Disney way, yeah. animated movie you put in front of me, I have not seen an animated Disney movie I don't like. Probably ever. I, I have some I like more than others, but I can't think of one that I dislike. I even like Chicken Little with Zach Braff. That's funny. I'm not ignoring you. I We're talking about cartoons. Um... And for like a week here, yeah, I've been all about boom. They're playing old school Looney Tunes, dude. I'll pop this on, watch some old school Tom and Jerry or whatever for a few minutes, and it, Hell yeah. it shoots you right back, man. Watch the Road Runner, uh, you know, shoot Why the coyote, coyote in the face with a fucking gun, right? You know, cartoons. <laughs> what a strange deal. But you know, it just, I, I wish this was on like on a Sunday morning, basically, as opposed to you know, eleven o'clock on a Sunday night. Yeah. You know what I really have been impressed with? So, like, when when the girls were first coming up, um, I was real frustrated with, like, Saturday morning cartoons. Because they don't fucking exist anymore. Right. You can't go to network television nope. and see morning cartoons. Right. And I, like, I, I didn't realize that. Yep. I assumed after I outgrew them, they still existed. Yep. Turns out they fucking stopped in, like, 96 making... Goddamn right. network cartoons. Anything, right. 
which was infuriating. However, I have recently discovered PBS Kids. Okay. So what Channel 9 shows in the morning is goddamn wonderful. Really? Like, I, it's the educational things you'd expect from PBS, but oh my god, have they stepped their game up. Wow. They have Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. Sure. Which is the Mr. Mr. Rogers. Rogers new thing. Yep. But it's really great. Yep. They have the show called Let's Go Luna. Okay. Which was made by the same people as Rocco's Modern Life. Okay. I'm familiar, yeah. I'm familiar with it, yeah. So yeah, that was a Nicktoon from when I was a kid. Right. That was like, I dude worked at a sex hotline. Like, it was a weird, right. weird show. Right. Let's Go Luna looks exactly like it. So it's the same exact aesthetic. Okay. Um, and it's about uh, these kids that uh, live in like this traveling circus. So every episode is in a different city across the world. Yeah. And Luna is the moon. And during the day, the moon comes down and like they adventure this new land together. And the moon is played by Judy Greer. All right. So it's like just, but it's really fun. It's really good. Um, they have uh, the show called Wild Kratz, which okay. is about little kids. It's fucking dope. Or it's not about, it's about uh, like these guys that are like becoming, like trying to mimic animals to like do some zoology shit. Okay. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but it's fucking cool. Oh, yeah. They got Curious George <laughs> going. Which a classic, right? Timeless, yeah. And then at twelve thirty, they cap off all, and Sesame Street. They still do, right? So we'll watch that from like New Sesame Street, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah. So when I get up with the kids, we'll put that on at like seven thirty or eight while we're having breakfast and shit. And they end it the last thing. So they'll do these cartoons, these educational cartoons all morning. Last fucking thing they show twelve thirty p.m. Before they go into their regular uh, daily programming, it's a goddamn rerun of Mr. Rogers. My dude! It's fucking great. It's still great, isn't it? Oh, dude, it still kills. It still plays. And then it's even even more awesome. It's like, Clara, she calls Mr. Rogers, Daddy's Daniel Tiger. Which I'm so... Because, like, I always... When they first started watching Daniel Tiger, I was like, ah... This is like, this is your Mr. Rogers. That's right. what I used to tell him. Right. And then now, they'll watch Mr. Rogers, and Claro says, oh, Daddy, it's your Daniel Tiger. That's funny. Like, ah, yes! Uh, I love you. You'll appreciate this little story. So, you know, for the most part, I grew up in Springfield when I was uh-huh. a kid, Missouri. Um, you know, back then, cable companies were more regional. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, it was either a Saturday or a Sunday morning cartoon. And this is documented. You can go look it up. This happened. <laughs> watching Sunday morning cartoons. It's probably 8.30, 8.45 in the morning. I'm watching the Smurfs, I believe it was. Okay. Cuts out, and for about three and a half minutes, it's just hardcore porn. No. And then cuts right back into Papa Smurf like nothing else happened. Oh, my God. Yeah. So... So the Smurfs, in a weird way, was my first porn. <laughs> so John Q. Hammonds had a lot of explaining to do. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know it was him back then. Yeah, I mean, this was... Shit, man, this would have been... 84, 85. Um, so cable was still new, new. Right, you know what in I mean? its infancy. Right, So, and this would have been... You know, I we had cable, but this probably would have been a local channel. You know right. what I mean? Um, 
But having said that, it also could have been USA, now that I think about it. Because the Smurfs, USA Network carried a lot of random shit back in the day. That was like USA my, Network was like what WGN, you know, right? Like one of the, my just memory a bunch of random USA stuff. Network when I was a kid, um, you so like when I was growing up wrestling, right? Well, as a kid when I was growing up, we had right, we had cable, but it was thirty channels, right? Um, so like it, it, it's hard to explain to people that grew up with this version of right, cable, right? Yeah, totally USA was like. I remember USA as being the network my dad always watched. Sure. Again, my dad <laughs> totally right, yeah. fucking loved, we, not love, not past tense, still loves, still loves weird crime procedurals. Jake and the Fat Man. So, like, as, as a kid. My dad was all about Jake and the Fat my, Man on that channel. My dad yeah. on USA all the time, it was, it was Law and Order. Yeah. It was, uh fucking Quantum Leap. Yes. It was MacGyver. Yes. It was reruns of Night Court. Yes. Um, what else? Are, are you too young for uh, Riptide? I am. Oh, it was, you know, three detective dudes, which, looking back on it, is very odd. They all lived on a houseboat. <laughs> now that I start looking back on this, like, it's very odd. Like, it lived on a houseboat. What are you thinking? And they were private dicks <laughs> on a houseboat. Solving crime like you do. Uh, two guys were like the muscle, reminded me of like the Duke boys. And then yeah. the nerdy guy, you know, who the big thing was whenever he got in a fight, he would punch with his thumb in there, so he always broke his thumb. What? Yeah, it was pretty bad, don't get me wrong. But that's what I remember from USA Network. Some Knight Riders, some Riptide. Yeah. It was basically Rider. Airwolf. Remember Airwolf? I don't. Jan Michael Vincent? You know Jan Michael Vincent? Oh. oh, you're missing out. That's a classic 80s actor right there. Airwolf is basically Knight Rider with a helicopter. What was, uh, oh my god, what's the one? Northern Exposure. <laughs> great movie. Oh, great Remember, show, you know yeah. that show? Yeah. Um, I, what was so, that DJ guy's name? He was um, like the big guy in there, right? Yeah. I can't think of his name. Um, he was around for a while after Yeah, that he was in a variety of things after that. Um, he, had, he always had the little fucking jazz goatee yes, and the yes. long hair. And then what was... The, uh, um, wings. I didn't watch yes. it, but that was on USA oh, yes. for like 20 years, man. Oh, yeah, Wings was. Yeah. I remember Wings. But I, what I always remember is uh, so my dad really liked Northern Exposure with all of that other fucking just like whatever right. shit. And I remember being like, I was probably 11 or 12 years old at this point. And I vividly remember my dad saying to me, and it wasn't as bizarre as I'm about to say. It was in context to what we were saying. It didn't come out of nowhere. But I don't remember the conversation. I just remember this part. I remember him telling me, like, if you, like, if you and your sisters and your mom all, like, died in an accident, I would really want to, like, move to Alaska and just live in a town. Like, okay. I, like that would be... He was, you know, it was, it was one of those weird conversations of, totally, as, as right. far as like, you know, if, 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 if you were by yourself, what's your version of freedom? You know, sure. so it wasn't like the, the morbid, like, I want you all that. Right. It was, yeah. We were having that, yeah. that chat. Well, hey, once your mom's dead, I'm going here. Right. Right. <laughs> right. It wasn't, it wasn't that, but it was like that, that version of like, what's your version of like relaxed freedom, whatever. And for my dad, he was like. You know, if, if it was your mom, she'd move to the beach. But if it was me, I'd just move to nowhere, Alaska, and just be 
a guy. And the fucking thing is, he would. Like, no one, my, my dad is... That doesn't a, sound horrible, I gotta be honest. Right. Yeah. But my dad's also, like, the ultimate... Uh, my dad's my favorite person alive. I fucking love my dad. And not in the sense of, like, he's my dad and he's my hero. He is. Sure, I understand. But in the sense of just generally as right. a human, right. my dad is my favorite person alive because he's so fucking weird in, like, the best ways. Like, he's uh, he's so, like, he's, he's they just broke the mold after my dad, man. And he's that guy that, like, he just wants to kind of, like, he just wants to, like, buddy up with people. Like, yeah. put, if you put my dad in a town square in Alaska... Where, like, there wasn't a bunch of internet... My dad didn't have a fucking smartphone. He had like, no like shit. Like a mayor in a week. Yeah, he'd just right. be the yeah. fucking guy. Right. And it, it is... And I, like... It's been 20 years. And I still remember that conversation. And I still think, man, Dad, I hope you get to be in Alaska on your own <laughs> one day. Because that would be your fucking element, dude. That's nice. That's good shit. Bad sequels. Yeah. <laughs> I got nothing else. Yeah. Um... I was trying to think of something clever I had, but it just totally washed away pretty quick. Oh, you weren't thinking about Aladdin Return of Jafar? The ultimate bad sequel? I was yeah, Honestly, well, there's a bunch um, that never popped in my head. I, cause really? I, I don't think I ever saw Well, that was a straight-to-video, so, right? Probably, I'm guessing. Well, here's the thing. I have... There's a long history behind Return of Jafar. Mm-hmm. Um, the only reason... It was straight to VHS. Um, and why it was so shitty was it didn't have Robin Williams. I was say, okay, right. And the reason it didn't have Robin Williams was because of how they marketed Aladdin 1. And Bob Iger, I don't know if it was Bob Iger at the time, it was whoever was in charge of Disney and Robin Williams got into a whole big fucking deal. Like, it, it changed the landscape of voice acting that movie did. So, like, when when original Aladdin came out, that was a time when there were, like, voice actors and actors. Right. There was two separate worlds. Right. For the most part. Right. And for the most part, they didn't cross streams. Right. Because, let's be honest, it's kind of unfair to voice actors if all of a sudden big guys come in. Right. And the guys that wrote Aladdin wrote the part of the genie for Robin Williams based on his stand-up. They were like, you're kind of frenetic. Style. It, it fits. And Robin Williams took the role, and part of his contract was something like, you can only market me like 15% or whatever it is. Like, like you can't sell this movie based on I'm me on being right. in it, because like, I want to be in it because I think this part's funny, I think it'll be cool, but I don't... Like, he didn't want to... Right. Sully the water, not the weed, right? Um, and then naturally, Disney ignored that, right? After like they had signed contracts, so he was like, "Fuck you!" And he had this whole there was like a whole four or five year like legal battle between Robin Williams and Disney, and Robin Williams was like doing stand up at the time, and it was just like, "Fuck Disney!" Left and right until of like, and they did Return of Jafar. And they had to hire someone else to be the genie. And after test screenings, they decided it had to go direct to VHS yeah. because of the whole Robin Williams deal. Yeah. 
And then they brought Robin Williams back for Aladdin the King of Thieves, and they marketed on that because, however, they buried the hatchet or what shit. But. You mean that movie with the guy Mork from Ork in it? <laughs> but that, that fucking. That changed animated cinema. Aladdin changed animation hey, forever. Yeah, some... Not just because it's fucking a wonderful movie, right. but it changed because of Robin Williams. And then Robin and Robin Williams never wanted that. There's some movie history for you, boys and girls, right there. Yeah, if you want to look up the legal battle between Robin Williams and Disney <laughs> following Aladdin, because that's the shit that I do. Right. Um, because clearly, at this point, you can tell I spent some time looking at why Robin Williams wasn't in Return of Jafar. Because I <laughs> see the worst part about that is. God forbid something happens to you and someone goes on your computer, they're going to see <laughs> right. one of your most recent searches is the fucking return of Jafar. So I'm going to bring that up at your funeral if that happens. Right. <laughs> so in, a, in an equally morbid but unintentionally so place, we started this podcast. I th- um, so my wife and I almost uh, started doing a podcast when she was pregnant. Oh, okay, yeah. Because um, we're both podcast listeners and we just kind of want to do a podcast about reviewing movies and at the time the big sale to me was like one day we're going to have a kid at the time we didn't know it was twins and we found out it was twins one day we're going to have two kids or more and many years down the road hopefully knock on wood we're going to die and I, I want our kids to have a, a, a record of us. Sure, yeah. A, a, as we are. Yeah. As, like, I lo- I have all the records, you know, like, because it used to be you had the, the film, came, like, I have pictures right. that, that's just a different right. era now. Right. Um, so I think yeah. about that, and now I do this, and I think, like, oh, one day, my kids are going to be like, I want to hear my dad's voice. Right. And it's going to be yeah. their dad saying, fuck Return of right. Jafar. Yeah, exactly. Because Robin Williams. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we have old black and whites of our ancestors, and they're going to have us clinking beers and fucking talking. Right, about exactly. That's yeah, what my, that's what great. My, my kids are yeah. going to grow up. My kids as adults are going to be like yeah. telling their fucking kids, yep. you want to hear your grandpa? Just going to be being like, yeah, they click on this episode. Fuck uh, Tim Burton. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this, this is my dad here. Click. This, Daddy, this episode is entitled Dad's Bush. Right. <laughs> who's Tim Burton? Yeah, and why does he and suck dick? And why does dick? Grandpa fucking hate him? <laughs> Don't say fuck. Well, Grandpa did shit many, many You're times. You're right. Yep. You're right. Yep. He did. Um, we, this is kind of what got me on the whole theme of bad sequels. Caddyshack Two. I made you watch the shitty cat. You had you didn't even know there was such a thing. I didn't know it existed. I made you watch. Uh, the trailer, which I was shocked there was a trailer. Um, it's and 2019. The, How are you shocked anything exists? God, I was just that they made it, that they went through the, the process of editing that into a trailer. Fucking amazes me because obviously they put no effort into the movie itself. When I think of bad sequels, I'm thinking like not shit that like the studio was self aware enough to make direct to video. Or in an era that direct to VHS was an option, yeah. but like, what hit the cinema that people were like, "This is worth someone's time." Right. As we're talking, uh, 
Blues Brothers 2 went in my head, so I had, oh, to, write, I had to write it down. Or 2000. And, and how heartbreaking. So heartbreaking. Is that, because, like, because I goddamn love John Goodman. Right. Not just because he's a St. Louisan, right. but he's just a wonderful actor. Right. But Belushi's gone, man. Why would you even you attempt got, it? You right. gotta let it go. Right. That's absolutely up there. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, Blues Brothers is such a perfect film. Well, that's like going to see Queen with Adam Lambert. It's like, it, yeah. it's not even the same it's not thing. Queen. So, you're, it's a tribute show. Right. And so, you know, like, I would, I would rather see, uh... What's that? Anybody Pink else? Floyd? What's that oh. Pink Floyd shit that, that always comes in? Uh, El Monstero. Yeah. yeah, I would rather see El Monstero. Yeah, knowing they're a tribute band, than see Queen with Adam Lambert or Sublime with Rome. With, right, exactly. Like, right. No, dude. This right. is. It's it's a tragedy that yeah. we don't get to enjoy that later, but it's. That's what part of what is. makes the original right. so important. It's what it is. Right. You you can't yep. you can't sell me that this is fucking Queen. It's uh, not. As much as Brian May is a goddamn genius, you're not Queen without Freddie Mercury. Right. You're just not. Yep. You're just a perm without a guitar. Yeah. Yeah. You're just yeah. not. Yeah. I don't care if you're a chemist and you're a genius astrophysicist. Like I appreciate you and I love you. But you're not queen. That's right. You can be the astrophysicist. That's you right. can be the guy. Yep. But you're you're not queen without Freddie Mercury. That's right. You know what else you're not? Without Keanu, you're not Speed Two. Oh my God! On the boat. I could. I, I never boat. got through the whole thing. To be oh, honest, couldn't get through. I it. did. One of those movies that again, if you just title it something else, probably not as bad as you think. Yep. There was no need for that to be titled Speed 2. That was... So, like... Uh, it was closer to Titanic 2. When when Speed when Speed came out, it was, what, early 90s? Probably 94, Maybe 95. mid, yeah, somewhere there, yeah. Um, that was one of the movies that, like, Gibson and I grabbed from Blockbuster all the time. Right. So, when we were, like, eight, nine years old, we watched Speed... All the fucking time. We rented that movie relentlessly. When Speed 2 came out, we were stoked. We were both like, yo, my God, I can't wait, I can't wait, I can't wait. We rented it, and we even rented it, like, twice. Like, we were both, we wanted to like it. Right. And couldn't. Uh, And we... We were goddamn ten. We didn't have discerning taste. Right. And we knew it was bad then. So you love the original Speed? Of course. Do you know the original uh, script? Enlighten me. Jeff Daniels was the bad guy. No. He was in on it with Hopper. No. Keanu had to kill him in the end. Totally scrapped it. And he just died in that explosion in the house. Yep. He was in on it. He was like the inside dude. That's incredible. I think it's a cool twist. Yeah. It makes you obviously hate that character right, in the right. Act, but he was such a likable character. Yeah. That the test audiences were like, we fucking love that guy. And then you make him the bad guy, you're like, fuck. And he was just fucking dumb and dumber right before. Right, you. right. Speaking of bad sequels, dumb and dumber. Yeah. Can that be considered a sequel? Or was it dumb and dumber 
two. Well, it depends on what you're thinking of. There, they had I, the one that was. I like, watched the one with Shia LaBeouf, and I watched the one with both of them. Is that like how they Harry were both terrible. or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were both. They were terrible. both were terrible. They both were terrible. Yeah. So either one, <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. Well, so like, I, it, the money grab. It, it's the one a, was supposed to be a prequel, but it was like you know the second one. Well, to me, it doesn't make sense why anyone tries to make. Never mind. It does make perfect sense, but it's foolish. Why anyone tries to make a sequel on a dumb movie that did right. Like, say a... Oh, I love Dumb and Dumber. Right. Yeah. I'm saying, Dumb and Dumber, perfect. Zoolander, perfect. Y'all should know Joe Dirt, yeah. perfect. Oh, yeah, fuck yeah. All know. those movies, brilliant. But they're brilliant because they're really fucking dumb, and they're of their moment. Right, right. All three of those movies had a sequel 10 years after they happened. Yeah. And it was like, why didn't it work? Because none of those married a sequel. Right. They were all perfect for their time, man. Like, Dumb and Dumber, if if you want to talk something, say like, hey man, what is 1993 like? This. Right. Right. What's 1999 like? Joe Dirt. Yeah. What's 2001 like? Zoolander. Like, here. Right. This is it. Totally. When you try to play that in 2012, fuck you, dude. Like, we don't need it. You gave me everything you needed in 90 minutes, and I loved it. Right. I think the the reason we get so many shitty sequels, remakes, re-reimaginings, whatever the fuck you want to call them now, is also a great thing, because there's so many media platforms that everybody is so desperate... To fill time in those platforms, sure. That they will grab any licensing, any whatever, and throw a few bucks at it, and not really put effort into it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. more like the same. Like we're both huge comedy fans, right? And I love stand up comedy. Sometimes that turns out. You it get, does. You sometimes get Cobra it does. Kai. Absolutely, and it's fucking Absolutely. wonderful. Totally, totally. But I feel like that even that took a while to get you know what I mean like that right. wasn't just like <laughs> that's on YouTube exactly. not on right. fucking Netflix right it's stupid right right yeah it's just like I said I love the idea that there's so many different platforms to put media out on gives us so much more to pick from but at the same time waters down a lot of shit yeah because there's no need for most of it yeah but you have to compete somehow and have to fill space and whatever I agree Having said that, American Psycho 2. Never saw it. Mila Kunis. Fun. Oh. But not a good story. Damn. Yeah, no, um, uh, what's his name? Norman Bates? Uh, no, um, American Psycho. Christian Bale? Christian Bale, yeah, Batman. Um, she's like a cousin type thing, you know what I mean? One of those weird, dumb stories. Oh, so she's the killer? She's the killer. Yeah, like in college. Yeah, it's not as good. Not as good. And it happens like in the 90s, so there's no 80s references. It's just one of those... One of the, yeah, there's no hip-to-be-square moment? N- right. Yep. Uh, Nothing talking, breaking down no Phil Collins or Genesis, just... Uh, she, yeah, she basically doesn't like college professors and things like that and kills a couple. It, it, it wasn't fun. It wasn't fun. Almost as fun as Crocodile Dundee 2. Ooh. Talk about USA Network. Right. Which is why I kind of like it. I I went back and watched it. 
Okay. I'm, I'm not saying not not recently, but it's been you know a while. Yeah. But like once again, it's still always on something randomly. Oh right. Um. It, that's one of those movies too where I go back to my. If I met a celebrity, I'd reference some random <laughs> shit. Like Colin Quinn makes a random appearance. Get the fuck out of here! You've seen Crocodile Dundee too, right? Have you seen it? It's been an age. So you remember the, the there's like drug dealers involved. They kidnap his girl, and he goes to like their house to like rescue her. He I get, re- what I remember, gets a bunch of what I punks remember Crocodile Dundee too. Yeah, is that he's cruising around a swamp in a hovercraft. With a big fan on the back? No. Yes. No. I think a different movie. That was Crocodile. That's not even Crocodile Dundee 1. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm positive. I am positive there is no airboat, airboat or anything like that. First part of Crocodile Dundee 2 is in New York. Okay. And then it, then it goes back to Australia. I know he's got, he's got that knife in the subway and someone gives him the eye and shit. That's the first one. Yeah. No, that, well, it could be, well, that's the second one too. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. That's a hard... Hey, that, that scene in Crocodile Dundee with a knife? Oh, yeah, I know that part. In yeah. the subway, yeah. though. The knife in the subway. That's, that's the second one, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... Yeah, there's no airboats at, at all. I know that for sure. Yeah, then I'm... You, you lost me, but... Yeah. Well, you're not missing anything. But anyways, Colin Quinn, random. He's... Pulls up like in an a, all-time there's a great big, SNL weekend Oh, update. my God. One of my favorites, honestly. One of my favorites. Because of the way he came into it, too. Like, they fired Norm. Yeah. I don't know if you... Like, I love Norm MacDonald. I still How love Norm How could you not? I mean, one of the driest, it's funniest... hilarious. Mother, oh, my God. So great. And it's all about presence. For, yeah. You know what I mean? It's so great. But then... Um, and Kyle Quick came in like a fucking wrecking ball, well, dude. I, I love the... I, he was like a. He was and I a, can't. He was a. Colin Quinn is a rich man's Dennis Leary. I think uh, Colin Quinn I, I plays the Dennis Leary I game, feel like but they're the same. I thought they're almost the same dude. Right, but Colin Quinn's funnier. I think. I think. I think Dennis Leary. Dennis Leary had has his moments for a couple years there. I mean, I bought Dennis Leary's album, No Cure for Cancer. His, sure. You know, Asshole I mean, song. Asshole is right. fucking brilliant. Um, I mean, it, talk about MTV. Right. Dennis Leary was all about that shit. You know what I mean? Dennis um, Asshole song is fucking genius. Yep. And I that think, makes me... I know I've talked about it before, but they used to play that song on the point because that was alternative music. Because everything that yeah. wasn't classic rock was alternative, alternative music. Like, it's not even a, it's fucking comedy. Right. Just, anyways, anyways. But no, I, I I love Colin Quinn. But yeah, like I said, I, he has like half a line in Crocodile Dundee 2. It's like, what are we doing here? And then looks around. That's it. And then claps. No shit. Oh, my dude. It's, it's so random. He's wearing a tux. Like, it's out of a limo. It's just so random. So random. It's just... Oh, my God. And it had to be one of those things where like... He had to know it's a gig, to, right? Someone's buddy of someone. Hey, I know a guy. Sure, throw him in here. We need three seconds. Yeah, yeah. it's a gig. Yeah, exactly. This is up your alley. Batman and Robin. So we're going there. I'm, I'm there. We're going there. Yeah. Um. Is so, is it a shittier sequel than Batman Returns? With Devito, you know. I'm going I'm I'm going to go this place. I don't think it's a sequel. Really? 
so in my head, same cast. In my here's here's how I look at the '90s Batman world. Batman Returns is a direct sequel to Batman, even though you have the change yeah leads. You have the change in leads. Now, Batman and Robin and Batman Forever, to me, are a different saga for a different age. I I feel like Batman and Robin. You're just justifying shit in your head. I <laughs> no, but but so well. That's when Schumacher. That's the, that's the game change. It is. It so is. you have the the two Tim Burton flicks that have one very distinct mood and feel and ideology. And then you shift immediately to the Schumacher ultra campy, like, which... Cartoonish. I know I have done on this podcast, but I'm going to do right fucking now because I can. I will defend Batman Robin and Batman Forever to the death. Um... Just as I will Val Kilmer. Yeah. Because those movies gave us something that nothing else did. And they existed in a time when comic book movies didn't exist or do shit. But uh, I think with their camp, they were... That was at that point... The closest you got to a comic book existing off the page, so I think they didn't—they didn't appeal to a mass audience, and they don't—they didn't appeal to the um, Dark Knight crowd, right? Um, of the '80s that had like the gruesome Frank Miller Batman, right? But as a child of the '90s. That grew up on um, Detective Comics, and that grew up on Batman the Animated Series, the Paul Dini series. That was like that was a cartoon come to life. That was a comic book come to life, and that worked for my generation. I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh, that's a great movie. We should revisit as adults." Right, but. That worked for what it was trying to be. Like, Joel Schumacher was trying to make a family Batman movie and did really fucking well. I don't care what he... Really? Really fucking well? You're going to sell that one to me? I am for a family (laughs) movie. Better than Batman Returns, which again, I think Batman Returns is probably a better movie, but it's a fucking... Goddamn Dan yeah. DeVito in long underwear. Right, I know. It's a whole hot mess. I, 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 it is. But Michael Keaton's a badass. I ain't gonna argue with that. <laughs> I like Michael Keaton. I'm, I, look, I'm not gonna defend either one and say either one's fucking, you know, Oscar-worthy type film. But. Well, let me, let me. What, right now. Gun to my head. Would I rather watch Batman Returns or Batman and Robin? I'd rather watch Batman Returns. Really? But. You know, little Michelle Pfeiffer, Catwoman, that didn't get you going Batman Returns? I'm saying, I'd rather watch oh, Batman Returns. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. That's what I'm saying. All right. It's better than Batman and Robin. Yes. However, 
gun to my head which one matters more. Batman and Robin matters more. Not just to me, but to the fandom as a whole. Batman and Robin brought more new fans to the genre than Batman Returns alienated. Which was a piss. Okay, I mean, that's, yeah, that's a fair statement, I guess. So if we're, like, if we're talking emotionally, obviously there's the generational divide that we have. That's going to make you choose one and me choose the other. Yeah. But if we're honest. Yeah. Batman Returns alienated a lot of folks. And Batman and Robin brought a lot of new fucking comic book buyers into the stores of comic book shops. I guess. I I, I see that point. But it's also like... It opened the door. In a time that doors weren't open. Yeah. Yeah. You're like negging Batman and Robin, though, kind of. To to justify the... Returns to justify Batman and Robin make it feel good. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's like, and this is totally politically incorrect, but it's like being the tallest midget. It's really not that impressive. Right, but we're talking about bad sequels. That's true. Well, we're, we're they're bad. We're that's right. I get yeah. It's they're like, both bad of the bad, I'm, which right. is, yeah. I, I'm, I, that's I'm, fair. That's I'm fair. not going to sit here and say. That's fair. Either one is my favorite That's movie. Yeah. There's a reason <clears throat> I haven't watched either one in the last 15 years, and I watched. T- I have terrible taste in shit, <laughs> and I haven't watched either one yeah. in a long time. I will agree with that. You do have some terrible taste in shit, <laughs> right? It's not. Um, I, I feel like we've been talking forever, but I got two more I want to get to. Yeah, Boondock Saints. Oh, because I loved the first one more than anything. How brilliant was the first one? It, the greatest. Did I ever tell you about how the second one came to be? I don't think so. So. Which, that one I also saw in the theater. Really? It was me and like two other guys. Wow. Yeah. So the second Moondock Saints, it was like eight years later. Yeah. Um, the guy who wrote Boondock Saints was like a Boston cop. He mm-hmm. was like a Boston, maybe he wasn't a cop. He was a, he was a guy. Yeah. Now that you're saying this, it's familiar. we haven't had it, we haven't done yeah. it on the podcast, but I, some of this sounds familiar. Yes, go ahead. Um, and he kind of recorded it. As, uh, he wrote it very much kind of like how Sylvester Stallone wrote Rocky. It's just kind of like it was his. Right. It was his story. It wasn't it supposed was, to be a sequel. It, well, it was wasn't the even one, more to tell. Right. It was. It was the story that he had. Right. It was what he had to say, and he said it. And then um, it did so goddamn well. But then they pushed for a sequel, and there was a whole documentary that was on Netflix in the early days of Netflix streaming. This was like 2010, when all they had was like NBC TV shows and documentaries. And I remember watching this documentary about the making of Boondock Saints 2. And it was about how like this dude lost his mind, and he got in all these weird fucking lawsuits... Like now, I now I feel like I gotta look it up to to be actually <laughs> please no factual because it's fucking no, bizarre. No Fact checking on altered state podcast. There's about to be because I'm about to slander the fuck out of this dude. See, that's the great thing about the title is altered state can mean so much. We could just say we're in a multiverse. That's true. In this universe, this was true. But I am. Uh, well, I, I, where I was about to go was going to slander the fuck out of Troy Duffy. <laughs> okay. 
So, movie career. Do, 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 do. Yeah, we can just keep going because now. No, I'm, please. I want to know. I, cause this, well, it's going to take know, me a minute. This to... gave us Daryl Dixon. We, we don't get oh Daryl Dixon God. in the great, which we haven't even got to, which I'm very upset about. I, I, we need to do like another hour on The Walking Dead because The Walking Dead's over. I, we won't get off Dude. topic. We're still talking this. I, I know. I know. It's how, There's so much to talk about. How? We might have to bring it up at some brilliant point. brilliant is that? We'll have to bring it up at some point tomorrow during the golf tournament. That's we'll, true. We'll bullshit on it a little early on the golf tournament and then uh, get it out because no one else is going to give a fuck. So, this dude, Troy Duffy, was in this band called The Brood. Okay. And so, while looking for gigs, uh, he worked at a bar yep. as a bouncer where he wrote the script for Boondock Saints. Um, and the inspiration came when he came home from his job to find a dead woman being wheeled out of a drug dealer's apartment across the hall from his. And he was like, I'm fucking write this whole story down um and then uh so he wrote this shit after being dropped by Miramat oh <laughs> not for nothing one of the greatest scenes ever Pulp Fiction is on the background here Bruce Willis getting ready to shoot uh, Travolta in the can after the Pop Tarts come up this is such a great, great movie. Oh, and how do you feel about, speaking of uh, Pulp Fiction, the Quentin Tarantino Star Trek script? Star Wars, yes, no, I'm sorry, Star Trek script. He, he's not directing it. He's writing a Star Trek script. I'm interested to find out. Yeah, right? I would assume they would recast. It wouldn't be with this existing cast, but I don't know that for sure. So... Here's the weird deal. When it was first optioned by Miramax. This is Boondock get, Saints. Yes, yeah. Boondock Saints. They wanted to get Stephen Dorff. I thought they only do touching movies like The from, Piano and The Crying Game. <laughs> sorry. Nice I'm play. I'm sorry. <laughs> they wanted to get Stephen Dorff from True Detective and The Power of One and fucking Mark Wahlberg. Stephen Dorff, you mean from Blade? Yes, from Blade. <laughs> You're right. From Blade and Mark Wahlberg. And the e-cigarette commercials. To play the brothers. No, no. See, I'm down with that. And then... Boston guy. Fucking... Uh, and that would have been early Mark Wahlberg, so... And fucking Schwazy to play the Willem Dafoe character. I can't see Swayze dressing up as a lady and taking... And a, Willem Dafoe killed that. Killed it. Killed it. Um, Doesn't get enough credit for that role. But... Miramax wanted Sylvester Stallone for that role. No, never. Um, no way. Horrible or casting choice. They wanted they Miramax preferred Sylvester Stallone, Bill Murray, or Mike Myers for that role. They would have um, put Mike back then. I mean, had he even done this a Wayne's World December movie of '97? Um, and then Miramax pulled out of the project. So after being dropped, still believing the film was a hot commodity, Duffy convinced William Morris Agency to help him market it to other studios, which was where the independent studio came in, and Duffy Duffy directly 
hired Sean Patrick Flannery, Norman Reedus, and Willem Dafoe to play it themselves. Uh, first aired at the 99 Cannes Film Festival. And then, oh, alright. So Duffy's story is featured in the documentary Overnight. Because he was, he was in 2003. After a number of years, he returned to the sequel Boondock Saints, All Saints Day. Which was released in 2009. So yeah, it was fucking... 12 years after development. Yeah. yeah, it was just too much of, you know, they put William Defoe in it for three seconds. Uh, you know, it was just bad. Um, what was, uh, was it, was it Rocco? The guy who died the yeah. first one, you know, that scene great, but it just took, it wasn't, you know, it was a totally different genre almost all of a sudden than the rest of the movie. So it took you out of it. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's standing in the middle of the garden on that Bruins eyes. You know, it's just yeah. it just wasn't. You know, I don't know. I, I you know. And at the same time, like I said, I love the first one. Well, it, it seemed like it made a, it a made two, my pea coat cool. Well, the, <laughs> the first one was clearly someone who had a story to tell, right? And the second one was someone saying, "Someone's going to give me an audience, right? Let me be weird, right? Because, like, for me, I feel like." If if I had the balls to make a movie, uh-huh. I I feel like I have one good story to tell. I think we all do. I think every person has a good story to tell. But I think it takes a really special type of person to tell multiple stories or to tell a long story. Right. Honestly. And I think we have a an issue society-wise where when someone tells a story that makes us feel something, we get excited. We're like, let's give that person more money. It's like, right. well, that person might have spent their nut. Right. And, and shit, once well, upon a time, That person it changes was okay. when they get a lot of money. So right. it's not the same. You can't tell that story anymore. But I mean, once right. upon a time, one was enough. Right. Like, right. Yeah. One person just gave you their fucking soul. Right. In a really beautiful way. You should probably just accept that. Yeah. And if they approach you with another story worth telling, then good on them. Right. Tell that story. Right. But, but they probably won't. Right. right. Let's not house it. Like, right. I mean, if you think about the number of people that have multiple great stories in them, 10 or 15 of them. Right. Maybe. Right. There's your Quentin Tarantino's, your right. Steven Spielberg's. But with those examples... They take a lot of time between projects, right? So, a lot of the a lot of these sequels that we talk about, sure they come out years after the original, but they're put together pretty fucking haphazardly and just kind of. And they're based exclusively on that, right? It's original. like, can we get one like, star from the original? Fuck, you know what I mean? Dude. Um, I don't have it on my list. I don't even know if you know the movie. It's not a huge movie. Green Street Hooligans. Oh my god, of course. What, I they love made the a sequel? They made a sequel and it's garbage. No way. Um, the that o- movie was the wonderful. only original. Elijah Wood? Yeah. And, Char- um, and Charlie Heaton. Yes. No, um, wasn't Heaton. Um, the one from. Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. It's not Heaton, though. Um, oh, I can't believe I can't think of his name. It's an H. He was also in. Uh, 
the, the King Arthur thing. And no, but I think before that, he World was War in Z. not Freaks and Geeks, but the show Undeclared. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. But anyway, the the only character who comes back is... Um, Which is how you can tell... He, oh everyone God, knows him think. from fucking Sons of Anarchy, Anarchy and right. all this shit. Right. And he's Hunt just... Him. Charlie Hunnam. Charlie Hunnam. Hunt yeah. And he's the dude from Undeclared yes. for me. Um, because I'm the worst. <laughs> and I can't think of the guy who returns. He was a dark hair. He was the pilot in the first one. But he was in um, Band of Brothers... Yeah, he, he was. He, he, that's the only other thing I know him from. He's married to another actress, but I can't think of his name. But it takes pl- basically he got Why arrested they, after the original, and it's, it takes place in sequel. prison. It's almost like um, Long Shots. No wait, um, what's the um, Burt Reynolds movie that Adam Sandler remade with the football thing in prison? Longest Yard. Longest Yard. It's basically that with soccer. Wow. Yeah, it's not good. I mean, it's not a comedy. Bummer. It's it's still a drama, but it's. It's not good. It's not good. Super weird. Uh, yeah, very weird. Um, All right, and we're back from the pause that you didn't know you were taking. That's right. But your boy has been drinking too much champagne and drop top. That's right. We're celebrating up in here. Well, we're celebrating, and I, you know, I I love mothers straight out of Springfield, Missouri. Yep. But also, so mothers. Uh, I'm trying to think how to as a. I uh, have a separate life as a graphic designer, and there is this graphic design firm in Springfield. How very Clark called... Kent of you. Right, right. <laughs> How very fucking hipster right. shitbag of me. <laughs> um, but there's this killer design firm in Springfield, Missouri called Fried Design Company that does these really fucking rad uh, uh, label and packaging designs for Mother's Brewing Company. So I was, I was at the grocery store getting our celebratory champagne and I saw this new six pack for Drop Top and I had to to buy it because yeah. the, the, these, are, it's good. these are my people. Right. right. It's a it's a good beer which yeah. makes it even better but I just bought it because I was like holy cow man. It's just beautifully packaged. Yeah. I Every podcast has pretty much been fueled by either mothers or forehands. Mm-hmm. So we have to, we have to keep it local. <laughs> I don't think these are our people, right? Right. And maybe one of That's these right. days they'll they'll support us with a six. Pack. And even when it wasn't fueled by local alcohol, it was fueled by local dairy, Oberweiss. So it all works out. So everything we drink here is local. <laughs> You're right. You're right. <laughs> local dairy. That's right. Oh God. <laughs> I erased that from my mind. Yeah, yeah. That's what I had. A, I had a laugh with my wife today. Uh, she was out of town. Um, she was traveling this week to see a friend, and when I picked her up from the airport today, she told me she was like, "Oh, I'm on the flight back. I finally had time to really catch up on your podcast." Uh oh. Like, oh. Yep. Um, you know what'd you think? She was like, "Oh, last thing I listened to was that episode you guys ate all the hot wings." <laughs> That was something, and it's, you know, it's, it's extra, because, like, uh, you know, you've met Libby once or twice, right. but, like, Gibson Fox are my oldest friends. Right. We, we've been friends since well before we met Libby. Right. Um, they they see her once a week, and they're like, and Libby was like, man, it's kind of weird to hear him on the radio. <laughs> yeah, well. You know, it's funny, I told uh, Gibby this the other night, too, I've had more... Not necessarily like criticism or whatever, but more feedback from that 
episode, just like random people, like that, you know, yeah. family, whatever, like uh-huh. on Facebook, whatever, that I don't talk to on a regular basis, be like, yeah. hey, I heard that hot wing thing, man. So I don't know if that just touched more buttons or whatever, but. I think you uh, eat some weird candy, is what I eat. Oh, I, I'm de- and Gibby's down for the, He's like, anything oh, yeah. food involved, let me know. Yeah, so I, 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 I was talking to him today, I was like, hey, man, I'm get you on tomorrow yeah, for a little absolutely, bit. Absolutely, man. He's like, whoa. Well, I gotta do this. Like, nah, man. Right. No, yeah. You, you're oh, yeah. getting on. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm down. The candy thing. Sign me up because I'm. I want some pixie sticks. I want some fun dip. I want some bottle caps. I want candy. Oh, candy. Yeah. We gotta get online and do the that episode. Fucking... We might have to get Doctor Fox to sponsor because we're gonna need some fucking teeth cleanings afterwards. Facts. <laughs> but we're, no, we're we're gonna need to get online and get some special ordered shit. So can't, yeah, yeah. I even want to do like some. Not necessarily on that episode, but some weird-ass candies. Like, I want some crickets and chocolate type shit. Mm. I've never tried it. I'm not saying I want to, but I think it'll be fun to listen yeah, to. Yeah, I would do <laughs> two episodes. we got to do one of, like, the candy we grew up on that you have to special order now. Sure. And then one of, like, the weird shit. Right. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Fantastic. So, we'll wrap this bad boy up. A couple more bad sequels. What do you, what do you got? Go... I took up a lot of time at the end there. You go. No, man. I, if I'm thinking bad sequels, Donnie Darko sequel. Didn't know there was. No, I didn't know there was one. Oh didn't see God. it. God. Yeah. It was. So I, I I put it right up there with Boondock Saints sequel. It's yeah. Like, that's why I didn't see it. Donnie Darko is such a brilliant piece of fucking cinema. And not just because it's super well written. But, like, that version of young Jake Gyllenhaal sells it. Right. Like, yeah. He was he was the perfect actor at the perfect time to deliver. And that one shitty mom at the door that says, You know what, Barb? Sometimes I question your dedication to Sparkle Motion. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah. It's goddamn genius. Yep. Um... <laughs> the, when that movie, that ship sailed, and then the dude followed up with Southland Tales, yeah. which we had talked yes. about recently, which yep. I goddamn adore, yep. but it's a hot mess of a movie. They then, a couple years later, did S. Darko, okay, and released it like straight to Netflix, and it was when Netflix wasn't buying IP. Like yeah. this was. 2011, probably. So, like, like, still CDs in the mail kind of shit. I'm saying I was living in Springfield. I I moved out of Springfield in November of 11. Yeah, so it was still through the mail shit. Had so, to be. Yeah. yeah. So, Absolutely. like, this was... Well, no, it was streaming. Okay. But, like, the, the early days of streaming when, like, they were just renting shit, essentially. But, okay. like, I remember watching it in Springfield... A- absolutely 10 years ago at this point. But it was fucking... Like, Donnie Darko is such a genius movie and so well put together and so well acted. And then a few years later, Southland Tales it, I love, but I'm not going to convince anyone is a good movie. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then they gave me S. Darko, which was it was all it was all surrounded around Donnie Darko's little sister. Oh, okay. In that movie, he yeah, had, yeah, yeah. yeah, he had his older sister and him, and then his little sister who was in Sparkle Motion. Right. So this whole one, it didn't have any of the same cast, 
but it was about his little sister. And fuck, was it bad. I bet. I can just imagine. Yeah. I think I saw previews, and I'm like, yeah, I got no... Right. It was so yeah. dumb. Did you see it in theater? No, I saw it on Netflix. Okay. Because it oh, was okay. released oh, straight I'm sorry. I'm that way. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Well, I mean, I think, like, even original Donnie Darko was much like... an independent like, movie. Right. So, it was yeah. much like Boondock Saints. Right. That, like... Right. It didn't get big till after it was released. Right. right. Like, Donnie Darko, I saw on VHS sure. for the first time. Yeah, I, I mean, Boondock Saints, I didn't see in the theater. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I didn't I know if it was released in the theaters. Yeah. Like, nationwide. Like, know, when so. I think about <clears throat> Donnie Darko, I... Fuck, dude. I mean... Almost like most early Kevin Smith shit, you know. Yeah, you didn't, like you, I, I saw it on a VHS in my buddy's basement. I couldn't right. even tell you. Right. I know I didn't seek out and find it, but I know that Andy Alton—that's who showed it to me. Okay. Okay. Andy Alton, who excuse <coughs> me, is one of the the brain children behind Infinity Skate Shop in South County. Yeah. All right. I got three on my list. I want to talk about one. Okay. I want you to pick the one. All right. First one, I'm not a fan of. I could give a fuck about Spit Blair Witch 2. Okay. I enjoyed the first one. Could give a shit about the second one. Mm-hmm. The Matrix sequel. We don't have time. <laughs> then my next one would have been Police Academy 2. Because <laughs> uh, it's wonderful? Is it better? it's fucking funny? It, but is it... This is what bothers me about Police Academy 2, which bothers me about not necessarily a lot Because Steve Gutenberg is as good as they come Because they everything. take an R-rated comedy and go, like, PG-13. It just kills... Yeah, you're I'm right. I'm not saying everything has to be dirty, but when you're... You're right. It just it, ruins it. Kills it. The vibe. It, it, kills changes the the vibe. Yes. it changes the vibe. Yes. It changes the vibe. But I... Worship the ground Steve Gutenberg walks on. Oh, I to this day um, will watch anything Bobcat has any association with. <laughs> anything he Bobcat is Goldthwait. Oh my god, he's a great director. Have you seen his stuff? Um, he does some great shit, man. You should follow Bobcat on Twitter or in, in, uh, social media. He's great. Um, I have a hard time. I we've talked about Veronica Mars on here, yeah, probably once or twice. Yeah, I love Veronica Mars. Season two of Veronica Mars. Um, spoiler alert 10 fucking years later if you want to watch Veronica Mars um, Steve Gutenberg is the bad guy okay I, yeah Steve Gutenberg is this fucking millionaire dad that ends up killing his fucking kid oh okay and there's this whole and it's it's really compelling story it's really fucking I, I shouldn't say com- compelling to me because I goddamn love Veronica Mars. Right, um, it's compelling to watch like, Steve Gutenberg kill his family. But it was really fucking weird because we watched it, and my wife, um, who's a couple years younger than me, so she was born in 1990. Okay, um, so yeah, I'm I'm 87, she's 90. Um, she was a mo- Yeah, she's my little sister's age, which is. A whole other yeah, version yeah. of weird to me. But she was uh, real into Mary-Kate and Ashley. Sure. The Olsons. Yeah. And there was what, uh, It Takes Two, maybe? Whatever fucking... There was the one movies flick, they did or something, yeah. There was one flick they were in that 
Steve Gutenberg was the dad. Sure, okay, yeah. And uh, fucking uh, not Diane, but the other chick from Cheers, the redhead that I fucking Kirstie hated. Alley. Yes. Okay. So Kirstie Alley. No Shelly Wong. Um, right, dude. We don't have time for that. My <laughs> my feelings on Cheers. Um, but so Kirstie. That's Alley, another podcast. Shows that continued with new characters. Right. <laughs> So Steve Gutenberg and Kirstie Alley were the fucking leads of that flick. And so we started watching the show. And in season two, I'm like, oh, it's Steve Gutenberg, who I'd seen in other things. And Libby was immediately like, oh, no, that's Mary-Kate and Ashley's dad. And we both had really, like, fond memories of him. Because he's right. a charming fucking dude. Sure. And you get half of the season, you're like, oh, my God. This dude's a fucking monster. <laughs> Holy shit, this dude's the murderer. Right. And neither of us knew how to like remedy that vision of right. Steve Gutenberg. Right. Um, That's one of those. So, Police Academy has a whole. Moral story Police Academy has a whole yeah. different context. Because she didn't know him from Police Academy. Right. So, like, we walked into it, and he was, to me, he was Steve Gutenberg from Police Academy. And to her, it was. He's Steve Gutenberg from Mid Takes Two, but to yeah. neither of us was he that dude that murders his family, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so we were both like, Man, I, "Yeah, this I is get, a little uh, fucked." I, the um, I I watch Steve Gutenberg, and for whatever, it takes me back to I'm a kid right away. Yeah, it is. It could be something modern, it could be old, but I see Gutenberg, and I'm eighties. It's eighties yeah. right away. I love me some Gutenberg. Original Police Academy to me is fan. Don't be wrong. I like Police Academy too. I really do. I like Police yeah. Academy too. And it's so funny when you say, I'm sitting here listening to myself talk about Police Academy too, and it's fucking insane. <laughs> I spend my nights talking about Police Academy too and let people record it. And this is what our kids are going to listen to. Right. So, like right now, my kids are toddlers. Yeah. Like, you, at least your your kid was old yeah. enough to be on the show. So my kids are toddlers. So bro. so to my great grandchildren, I want to say, go watch some Gutenberg. <laughs> not sure how you're watching your stuff, but not creepy. Right. Kill your family, Gutenberg. Yeah, watch the Police like, Academy, Gutenberg. Police Academy. Gutenberg. Well, you know what? I went not recently, but I've seen parts of Police Academy. Now they show it on TV, like regular TV, and they edit it all out. You put that on HBO, it's almost hard to watch some of it. Really? Everything is so racist and it's like so over the top. Like, really? I haven't seen Police Academy. I mean, it's not horrible. Years. But anytime they reference anybody with Asian descent, it's hardcore, stereotypical Asian. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. You can tell it's just like probably an Austri- or a. Uh, um, Alaskan guy who lives in California, and they're making him do like the Asian voice, you know that that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, and the first police guy, like I said, it was R, so a lot more nudity, yeah, a lot more like uh, black stuff, yeah. Like when you first meet Michael Winslow, the guy who does all the yeah. voices, you know, he's in jail getting arrested, and you know what yeah. I mean. So it's it's a much different theme than the happy go lucky, look at the funny police guys mm-hmm. in the second ones. You know what I mean? Going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but having said that, it's still pretty goddamn. It's the same as like Blazing Saddles. You could never make that ever, ever again. But no. at the time, and the way they got away with it was because 
Richard Pryor wrote all of the black jokes. Well, or he wrote all the white jokes. Right. Mel Brooks wrote all the black jokes. And since they were both cool with it, everybody else was like, I guess we're cool yeah. with it. Right. So, I guess this is okay. Right. Which I still watch that sometimes. I'm like, ooh, that's that's rough. What was there was uh I was watching with a buddy <laughs> relatively it was probably five, six years, so I say relatively recently. But like that whole the whole fucking scene where they're Really going to town joking about rape. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I was yeah. sitting there with my buddy, and I'm like, we were having, we had a laugh, like, on the first kit, and I was like, ooh. Yeah. Well, shit. Uh, right out of the gate, they're all working on the train. The Asian guy falls over, and the first thing you hear in the movie is dock that chink a day's pay for napping on the job. That is, that's the opening line. Yeah. What, <laughs> you know what I mean? What's fucked up is I think um, a lot of a lot of humor is based in the idea that people are decent people, right? Uh, right. Um, so, yeah, that's true. Yeah, w- which is a shame that it turns out most people aren't. Right. Um, right. Because I think like there are a lot of jokes you can make that are inherently funny. In their in their lunacy, like right. to me, right. there like there are jo- there are times, you know, uh, maybe I'm going to be uncouth. I know it's hard to talk right about now. it without using certain words. Right. But I know well, what right. I'm saying, yeah. maybe I'm going to be uncouth and look, back. but like there are times that like people have made jokes about X, Y, and Z that have made me laugh, but it's funny to me because it's. An outlandish proposal, right. like it's right. like there there are certain things that are just very funny because they're very silly, right? And then unfortunately, we live in a world where like there are total pieces of shit that take things like that seriously. So right. all of a sudden, it's like we're not on the same uh, right. uh, playing field. Well, it's like anything you know? else; people twist certain things to meet their agenda. Yeah, but I'm I. I'm, you know, this well, sounds crazy, but I'm very schooled in, like, the George Carlin aspect right. of language. It's the context and it's the intent behind the language that matters. Well, it's, it's, it's to me, it's about, it's about the playing field. Like, right. if you, you could throw a lot of things at me that could be offensive to a, a, a number of communities and to myself, like, I'm... For understandable reasons. Right, I'm, yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to... Right. I'm an open book, but I'm not going to go to certain no, no, places no, yeah, in my yeah. personal life. But um, there are a lot of things that, like... Everybody knows that you hate Eskimos. <laughs> okay? It's out there. It's done. But <laughs> there are a lot of things that are just like... Uh, while I'm part of a certain community, if you crack a joke at the expense of a community, when we're all... In on the joke, it's it's funny. Right. It's right. It's like, oh man, we're all laughing together. When it becomes this weird malicious thing, that's a whole other story. Oh, and absolutely. Unfortunately, I think film and comedy has to play by those rules of like understanding not everyone's a part of the community anymore. Yep. And I think in the era of say a blazing saddles, um. You could throw out a joke about 
X, Y, or Z communities. And at the time, it was understood, oh, this is a joke for all of us because we made this together. Well, even we're 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 right. We're we're writing this as a team. Well, in Blazing Saddles, even extreme example because there's lots of things in the whole thing people will find offensive language treatment mm-hmm. of people animal uh, women uh, whatever but even a movie like bill and ted it's come they're doing yeah. another one right if you watch the original bill and ted which i did recently because it was on tv i recorded it I'm like i'm gonna watch bill and ted they drop uh the homosexual slur a lot yeah yeah that's just how they talked back you know like, you and your buddy give yourself a hug, oh, push him out, homo, or whatever, you know, but yeah. they say at the F1. That's, you know, that didn't stop them from still being extremely popular, and they're coming back. Well, and not only being popular, but, like, if you talk... Now, they're not say, doing the same stuff, obviously, right, but, but... I'm saying, like, let's talk about Keanu Reeves. Like... Please. Dude, you can... Fo- right. <laughs> you can follow anything that dude's doing. He has got as zero homophobic tendencies. Oh, in. totally, right. Like, that's what goes back the, to the intent. Dude, the dude right. is full of love. Right. And in that era, that was the that was the fucking joke. Like, dude, the amount of times that I've heard that thrown my way as... I know, yeah. I, um, Especially back in the day when you do punk rock bands and stuff you dressed a little different going places right dude. i got yeah. i got that was that that was uh par for the course like right. if, if i left my house and wasn't called a faggot right uh, then that that was kind of astounding for a lot of years yep um and half of it was malicious and half of it wasn't but uh, I, yeah, I, was, I was looking up. We talked about Keanu. He, I don't know if you, he was on, and I don't watch Ellen, but I saw the clip about. Like, I don't even. Want, I don't even want to talk about it because it'll ruin it. I'll have to find it and then I'll quote it. But uh, he's just the coolest guy ever. Yeah, he, everything he does is so cool. He wins. So police academy, uh, Gutenberg kids. Yeah, this is your grandpa talking. Go watch that Fair shit. Enough. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Later, guys. Oh wait, wait. And no fake out. That's right. Go back. We got a couple things before to we out. go. Producer uh, producer John fucked up and tried to cancel me early. Uh, come catch us at the uh, Microcon on the twenty eighth in St. Charles. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Floor Fest August tenth at the Elks Lodge. We're going to be pimping out all kinds of swag. We'll have some random, you know, comic, maybe some toys, maybe some Hulk Hogan fucking autograph chairs. Who knows what we're going to bring out. <laughs> We're going to bring all kinds of fun shit. So come check us out. That's all I got, dude. All right. I'm good to go, man. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Or maybe tomorrow. Yeah, if you're the DB's Golf Tournament and you listen to this tonight, first off, I'm impressed. <laughs> right. Second off, come, Sarah, I wonder come why say you're hi. I'm not asleep. Yeah. I'll be, no shit. We should be I'm asleep already. Leaving the gol- I'm going to be <laughs> at the golf course in eight hours. That's right. That's right. And not playing, so it'll be okay. Right. Doing more of this. Words to the turn. <laughs> That's right. Peace.